Hello listeners and welcome. Today you're listening to episode 112 of the Sunday Movie Marathon podcast. In today's episode, the boys and Darcy take a trip down memory lane back to the very beginning. That's right. Today, the guys are reviewing the Cornetto trilogy. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz and World's End. The thing that kick-started this whole podcast. Oh, wait, hold up. Uh, nope. Sorry, listeners. That would involve the guys actually watching decent movies. Today, you're in for a treat. Three movies that I have never seen, do not know the name of, and probably will not like. Anyway, strap in, have some popcorn at the ready, grab a drink of your choice, and get ready for episode 112 of the Sunday Movie Marathon podcast. Take it away, boys. Ooh, that's a bingo. Welcome to the Sunday Movie Marathon. <laughs> uh, it's me, Max. It's me, Chris. It's me, Bingo. Episode 112. Here we go. With an extra special intro from a former <laughs> ghost of the podcast. Ghost of the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for that one, Connor. Always with us in spirit and in memory. Yeah. Or in flat. He was there for about cases. five minutes during one of the movies. He was there for something that is or true. rather. Yep. How are we all on episode 112? Yeah, vibing. <laughs> Same as yesterday when we recorded the last episode. It was a half episode. It was a point fiver. Nope. I would call it a point fiver. It wasn't a full episode, was it? Yes, it was. Max just wants to get to show quicker. Shut up. You don't know what I want. <laughs> So um, I'm, yeah, not mad I'm doing way. pretty good, thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> dealing with this ghost I have in my flat at the moment. Um, the ghost of the podcast, you mean? Yeah, his name is Connor. <laughs> and I just don't... I hear him a lot, but I don't see him. Mm. Um, mostly flatulence. I hear a lot of flatulence around the flat. <laughs> I think you see Kermit more than Connor. I definitely do see Kermit more than Connor, I think, and also he's he's become a better friend to me. <laughs> <laughs> he also wears he his clothes. He listens more, uh. you know, and he doesn't spout rubbish at me. Um, but anyway, that that's um that's where I am on that um <laughs> sort of living with that ghost in the in the flat. Um, yeah, constantly telling me to um you know get into a training regime, become a meal prepper. If you're not going 100% at all times, you're not doing well enough. And Kermit just doesn't... He, he's on my wavelength, you know? Yeah. Kermit's just he understands. Yeah. He understands me, and um, I understand him, and we grant each other favours um, that only a frog and a man could. I'm not, I'm not even going to ask what that means. Actually, I quite like leaving it up to the imagination. There are so many possibilities. For so we heard that kind of bullshit that uh, Netflix is pulling. Yeah, uh, yeah, but only because Chris told me, not because I found out from anything else. I don't know whether it's mm. been like, be not big news, but like you know, usually like those stupid like rag articles, they'll come out like, ah, get ready on Netflix now. But I haven't seen anything about it except that tweet. Yeah, no, I think they've they've like quietly like dropped it on their website. If you uh, Google the word Netflix, yeah, it, this is all it's about. Yeah, you go onto the news section; it's all about this. Yes, yeah, what I mean. I've not seen anything, but I haven't looked it. Netflix actively. are preparing 
to auto log you out after 31 days to discourage account sharing. Mm-hmm. That's the big deal. I think the aim is to get yeah. more people to sign up for Netflix who otherwise wouldn't because they were sharing their dad's or mum's yeah. Netflix account. Um, so if you're not in that sort of household or there regularly, yeah, you're out. Yeah, because I guess every month you would then have to march over to your parents' house and log into your like account under their account on their Wi-Fi. Yeah, you have to, you yeah. Have to be on the Wi-Fi yeah, as well. It's yeah, it's absolutely insane. I have insane. to bring my TV to my dad. Yes, and get it logged in. March it there. <laughs> and then take it, it back in, a month later. Sign into his Wi-Fi on my TV, <laughs> log into Netflix, and then, you know, make the journey back to the flat. Watch more Big Mouth. Yeah, and then have to do that every <laughs> single month until you die. Um, I think this is a. I understand why they're doing it, but it's a terrible idea. I understand why they're doing it, but I think um, I think the aim is probably to get more people to sign up to Netflix yeah. so that they can I make think more it's money. Going to be the opposite, but the opposite isn't it? effect will yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah definitely. Hundred percent. Nobody's going to. Nobody's. What, what's the point? You're going to get a lot of people who are like sharing and paying for it, like for. Like they're splitting the cost between mm. like mobile people who are now going to cancel it and not use it. Yeah, yeah. This only works for like I don't know people like uh, me and Chris or you and Connor, like people who like live together and trust each other with like their own. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you could have one account and I don't share care enough it. to have an account. No, I'm I not don't. I, no, for it. I don't either. That's why it's only there because my dad pays for it yeah that's the thing I've I've only got it because my dad pays for it there's not really enough on Netflix to keep me wanting to use it yeah Mm. I think this is what's gonna kind of like kill it off though is because yeah people are gonna be using it for the the what's it the convenience of somebody else having Mm. it and if it's like oh but we want you to have it and they've already tried to introduce like the ads and the the paying less if you have ads and all this other kind of shit but I just don't think this is going to work. I don't see anybody going, oh, you know what? I'm going to have to make my own account now. Everyone's just going to go torrent online, yeah. The you Onion. you think Netflix is providing me with anything that I couldn't otherwise get Chris to torrent for me? <laughs> You're living in a fantasy land. Yeah. There's no point in having these like, 100 streaming services that I have to pay £100 a month for. There's just no point. I would yeah. rather just get it online for free. Yeah, especially when now? we're like in a cost of living crisis where people can't afford exactly. to heat their own homes and eat food, let alone pay for dozens of streaming services so they can. Which is a whole watch other all their favourite stuff. Yeah, which which is true because I was just about to get into the rabbit hole of like uh, the whole like now TV situation mm. as well. And I was oh, yeah, like, because they now because they were like, ah, oh, we know times are tough. Oh yeah! You better pay an extra pound a month for your yeah, subscription. Or that get was fat. a really funny email I got where they were like, "Oh, we know everyone's struggling right now. We're increasing our prices by two pound a month." I, I, and now TV is already like the most expensive one, yeah. and it's got ads in it. Like you'll pay it. Don't yeah. you want to pay for not having yeah, ads? You like- pay not to have ads. You also have to pay more. Sorry. for it to be in HD. Yeah, and now another pound. I think, and you have to pay more if you want Sky Cinema. I think it's so tasteless. Like, imagine being like, we know you guys are struggling, like, everyone's having a hard time, and we want to provide you with mm. some nice comfort movies and TV shows Give to watch. Give us more money. Give us more money. That's what, do you know what? As tasteless as, uh, you know, Netflix might be for doing what they're doing, at least, <laughs> at 
least they're not sending out emails like, we know that you guys are freezing in your homes and can't pay your lucky bills. <laughs> Please give us two extra. <laughs> Did you guys see um that, that thing um <laughs> like a week or so ago that I think the CEO of Netflix said where he was like, oh, we don't cancel any successful Netflix shows. I've seen that article mm. shared so yeah. many times because everyone is so angry about how like, the audacity of them lying to everyone. Yeah, and that like, opens another conversation <laughs> yeah. as to like what gauges what's successful on yeah. there. Their success is different to everyone else's success. Yeah. Isn't their success basically what's... It's, a, um, it's like who watched it in the first two days? If you didn't watch it in the first two days... It's a mixture of that going. and um, how many new subscribers the shows will bring in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so if people like get an account and that's the first thing they watch, then that for them that's a success because that right. shows kind of it's almost for them it's like hooked in a new person. Right, but the thing is, I don't I don't really believe that that is does are these people? I think they're a bit little bit dense. If like if I don't know if Netflix still do because I haven't you know signed up for one in a million years. But if they're still doing free trials, yeah, of course they are. Yeah. I wouldn't call a new sign-up at success until they've uh, been on the hook for at least two months and they've paid for their subscription by that point. You're not a new subscriber well, until you've paid like for something. they only do a week trial. They don't do a full month. Oh, is it a week? Yeah. Hmm. It's not anything like it used to be anymore. No, see, this like is what, You get a 30-day free trial. Now it's seven-day free trial. Used to be £6 for Netflix yeah. a month. Now it's... £16 for Netflix a month if you've got other people using it as well. Is it 16 I think so. That's what Sky News says. Absolutely the fuck not. Yeah, Especially it's like if you... Um, okay. standard now. Mm-hmm. I mean... Unbelievable. 9 is not that bad. But do but you want to pay 9 99 for Netflix and then 9 99 for Paramount Plus, 9 99 for Disney Plus, £25 a month for Now TV, uh, Roku... Fucking Amazon Prime, all this bullshit. Yeah, this is how the this is what they try and yeah, this is what they try and do though because they're like, oh, uh, you know where they use the um, marketing campaigns where they're like, but it's like the price of one coffee a week, and then you're like, yeah, but then that was I've Elon got Musk Roku that, and that, right? <laughs> and then you're like, that's twenty five cups of coffee a week that yeah. I'm now subscribed to. You know what costs very little money? In fact, none at all. Just torrenting. Torrenting. I mean, I hate to say it because I'm a. I feel like us three on the podcast should be a bit more. Um, not that we don't support, like I've had you an know, arc. I tell you, yeah, like, I used to be very um, anti-piracy, mm. but now it's like, well, what choice do I have? No, I, I'm, st- I, I do agree with that because, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty infamous for the whole like I used to like torrent music, like. I, mm. I don't think I ever yeah. paid for music unless someone else gave me an iTunes oh, yeah. card. This was back in the day, I was right? there on YouTube to MP3 converter. Everyone was Every doing night it. I Every... did it. I'm so glad I'm not the only MP3 one. my MP3 player and I was ready to go. My sister used to preach to me so much about like, you're breaking the law. You're, you're, you're taking money out of these musicians' mouths. And I'm like, no. yeah, but I'm 13 and I don't have a job. <laughs> also, it's not like Spotify pays them anything. Yeah, no, that's true. We're basically paying a company to if make you pretend enough that you are, to yeah. think that you're supporting musicians by having a Spotify premium yeah. account. Get out of here, man. 
yeah, for anyone listening, the quickest way is actually just to go to their uh, gigs and buy merchandise. That is the quickest way to support any You have to musician. go to the Midwinter Seas gigs and buy, buy the Midwinter Seas merch. Where's the Midwinter Seas merch, boys? <laughs> we can't, we don't have enough money to make them because nobody is coming to our gigs. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I guess uh, I don't know back into a relation of like this whole uh, Netflix thing uh, yeah I, I feel like yeah as, uh, the three of us should be like on this whole we shouldn't be uh, committing act of uh, piracy but at the same time I do agree nah, piracy but is cool piracy, piracy is, is cool badass. and awesome and you should be doing it <laughs> it's gotten to a point where like you see a movie in the cinema Mm. Odds on if you're even going to see that get a physical release or put anywhere on streaming. Yeah, it's not, I mean, maybe it's not even going to happen. And, and I know this 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 probably isn't like I don't know. Um, shout out to whoever Chris is using as a torrent, but they are the highest quality I have seen. Yeah, very well done, actually. They man, are really the, um, good. They are on the really... torrenting. I don't know. <laughs> it is top notch. I will say that they're really good. I watched Person Boots today, and it was really, really mm. like saturated. It was clear. It was crisp. Like, it was crisp for what I could see of it. Anyway, it was doing crisp. it right yeah. <laughs> for the people. It was like someone just had it on DVD already yeah, and went 4K here. Version. It was. It was go. so Insane. good. It was so Nobody's good. Nobody's paying them to do this kind of shit. Yeah, <laughs> and they're I was doing it out of goodness and kindness of their mm. hearts. Yeah. Salutes to the pirates out there. I think it's kind of like you should still support what you want to support. I think still I would support, if I could still support like the smaller artists if you can. But yeah, the, mm-hmm. no, yeah, that's the thing though. Like if you can, that's fine. But like I guess for well, I mean, I don't want to use person bits as an example because it's a pretty terrible one. But like uh, well. at first, I was working and couldn't go, and then decided. Even if I could go, not I've only now seen it, but um, I, I don't care that much. So I think I see, I see where you're coming from. Like, yeah, if I really wanted to go and see something like, um, I guess, for example, Adrian Toman's got a new movie coming out mm. soon. And I thought I would definitely travel and see that movie because I would like to support him to make more movies if he so chooses to. But I think Max makes a good point where he says about seeing things in the cinema and it may or may not get a physical release. Oh, yeah. I don't give a fuck I about that, though. Really. Uh, yeah, but I do. And well, I, I can't you count the amount of times I've been to a cinema, watched a movie, and I'm like, that was awesome, mega hype, I'm getting mm. the Blu-ray, I'm getting the 4K. Bar that, I'm getting the DVD. Nothing. It doesn't even... N- nothing happens with it. I do think it, it yeah. does... It, does it goes really, into like, the ether and you're like, gets, oh yeah, I remember seeing that movie one time and now I can never watch it again. Yeah, this is a French a streaming service. And that's yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I don't... I'm not a die-hard movie uh, collector like used to are, mm-hmm. but I do understand where you're coming from if like... I don't know, yeah, say uh, one day Netflix ceases to exist, at which point it's, it's pretty fucking likely now. But um, I might not be able to watch this movie because it doesn't have a DVD because they said, let's shit it on Netflix, yeah. we don't need to make it. And they can it. take off whatever they want to take exactly, off. Exactly, yeah, whatever they want. Yes, I agree. Yeah, HBO Max um, recently has kind of proved that mm. even if they own the property, they can still get rid of it. Because mm-hmm. that was something yeah. that people were like, oh, at least, you know, the stuff's going to stay on that streaming service because they own the rights to it. But they've kind of proved that 
that's not even true anymore. Yeah, but yeah, because they can just take it off if they want to. Like, I don't know, say like, I mean, I don't know how this works and they probably have like unlimited space, but say they, they had to get rid of something. How easy would it be to just diminish like a whole show off the earth? Yeah. So easy. HBO Max has done it with loads of stuff. They did it yeah. like, really controversially with um, Westworld not that long ago. <laughs> I think that's now they've someone's bought the rights and they're um, actually bringing the show back in the future. Oh, uh, what, 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 as, what, as a new Yeah, they're going to carry it on. Carry it on, Because okay. HBO cancelled it. I thought you meant, like, distribute it onto DVD. Like, God forbid, like, I don't want to bring up The Simpsons and all this, but, like, it, I don't know, if The Simpsons was to leave Disney Plus now, the DVDs only go up to season 18 or something, so... Yeah, that's different. <laughs> the Simpsons is on TV all the time. And arguably up to season 18 is all you need. Yeah. I know, but I, I'm I'm just I'm just trying to I guess bring up other shows that I guess like could just disappear at the the drop of a hat because they haven't documented enough of it. Yeah. I suppose. What are you gonna do? You're gonna go back to watching TV? Yeah. No, no, I can't, Max, do it. No. I can't go back to that. <laughs> I fucking hate TV. There are plenty of shows that are out there in the world that are basically impossible to find because yeah. they're not on streaming. Maybe. They'd had a DVD release years ago, but they're impossible to get hold of yeah, now. Yeah, like imports and stuff. You have I to either say. import it or pay loads for like a DVD from 20 years ago or torrent it. And mm-hmm. that's kind of like the I, easiest solution. Torrenting is like, and it's like the quickest way as well. Like, how easy would it be if you needed a film for like, I mean, if you're a late planner like me or something, like say you left it to the last half an hour before someone comes over, you're like, fuck, I better torrent this quick. That film's there have to before. Put the like, VHS in yeah. and record it onto tape while it's playing on the television. <laughs> That's how they did it back in the olden days. Actually, to be fair, we've got many copies of like DVDs and stuff that you used to record from like. It's fucking gross. Yeah, my no, parents have a lot of them. Mm. Yeah. That's the way to do it. You can't do that anymore, though. Well, no. You probably could, but who, watch, who has TV now? None of us. Well, I guess... Te- like regularly scheduled TV. It's a thing in no. the past. The old people watch it. And I was going to say, my, my TV back home with my parents is the only like scheduled TV that I've watched for, I don't know, what, the last six or seven years since I've moved to uni. That is the only television set that's had like, you know, like a box in it, like a regular standard set of channels and shit in it. Mm. Otherwise, yeah, because they yeah. don't have Netflix. Well, they do, but they don't use it. Chris is a witness to this. They don't use it very often. I make it a funny little meme joke to like go on Netflix or like YouTube or something, like scroll through and be like, oh, nothing's on. <laughs> That's what we used to say back in the day. Nothing's on. Because if nothing was on, you turn the TV off. Or you just watch, I don't know, reruns of Vera. The Vera? My <laughs> mum loves that shit, man. Like... This, but now I say yeah. it as a joke, you know. Like, nothing's on on the subscriptions. Uh, nothing's on. But it's so Maybe true. Later. Maybe it's 7pm when the one show starts, <laughs> you know. But yeah, it's um, upsetting to me. Yeah. But in summary, Netflix have probably royally fucked themselves again. I hope so. I hope it crashes and burns. Every single decision they've made in the last year or two has been a terrible decision. Mm-hmm. I think they're like hemorrhaging subscribers by the second yeah they've got to be like could you imagine the amount of people that have gone 
well, that's us bones, then, and then they will just leave. Mm. They lost a lot of people when they announced the um, like ad, like the version with ads and stuff, like where they were like, oh yeah, we're increasing our prices. Um, so either you can carry up, you can pay extra for what you're currently getting, or pay the same amount and have an ad filled version with less content. I think a lot of people were at that point were like, nah, just nothing. Yeah, we like to see these dystopian visions of the future but at certain point I don't know if we'd just be like nah that's enough actually I really don't think it would get that far that we were like putting money into our foreheads just to watch a fucking 10 minute advert to watch like a yeah. 5 second YouTube video that's the thing that's, that's also mental when I think about it it'll reverse the roles mm. first we were watching 5 second YouTube ads to watch a YouTube video for 10 minutes it's gonna be the reverse now it pretty much is already. Yeah. The amount of times I watch like a minute long YouTube video and there's like five minutes of adverts before I get on there. Unbelievable. It is, it, it is horrible. We're living in the future, people. Wake up. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> can do all this, but they can't do fucking minority report. Mm. Lame. Okay. That's that on Netflix and all that. Yeah, I've had enough jabbering on about horrible, them. horrible um, dystopian stuff. Um, we did a free for all recommendations. That we did. We uh, just picked some movies that we were going to watch, and it didn't matter what they were. But we do it at the start of every month. This is episode. Um, well, the th- the twelfth one that we've done of this ilk. Um, we, we picked twentieth uh, century women. Um, Death in Venice and Arthur Yang. Chris picked the first one, as always. So listen to him say what that was in his sultry, smooth tones. Yeah. Nice. So I picked 20th Century Women, directed by Mike Mills, um, a director we talked about a couple times on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This is probably my favourite of his movies. Um, it's about um, a woman called Dorothea um, in 1979, California. She's a single mum. Um, who's raising um, her teenage son, Jamie, who um starting to get rebellious. They've had a really close relationship his whole life and he's starting to rebel a bit. She feels him slipping away um, and she decides um, to help get, to enlist two younger women, um, someone who lives in their house, Abby, um, and Julie, who's their neighbour, to basically help bring him up and help him understand women so he can become a better man. Yeah. He could become a feminist star. Yeah. Um, mm. He definitely has a style, don't you think? He does. Michael, Michael Mills, he's got his style where he like plays forlorn synth music and strings and somebody like narrates over the top and you're like, it's so sad. <laughs> oh, it's so upsetting yeah, and like, heartfelt. Turns into a documentary for like five minutes, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah, it does feel very like he just puts people in a room and makes them talk. Mm hmm. I don't know. It just feels, yeah, it feels almost very much like he's just like following people about, like, hey, man, um, how was your day? And it's just like, oh, God, I was born in 1965. It all started when I was born. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like this a lot. Um, it's, it's a good one. I don't think I've watched a movie of his that I didn't like. Yeah. Um, he's a really good director. 
It's strange mm. that I'm only like coming to grips with what he's actually done, like really within the last couple of years. Um, mm. He's like shot up, or like in my estimations, I suppose, not shot up as a director. Although I'm pretty <laughs> sure he, he, I do think he gets better with every movie he directs. And um, yeah, Beginners was really good. This is really good. Um, and like Come On, Come On, which came out recently, that was like a masterpiece. Mm. Um, this is. It's just nice to see like how he directs people because I think he he does it in such a way where like they have conversations where like you probably wouldn't talk like that in real life, but it's like you want to talk like that in real life because they're really yeah. getting to grips with like how people should be speaking to each other or like unleashing your feelings and mm. saying this is who I am, this is what I feel. Whereas in reality, I think people are a lot more closed off and with. with Mike Mills movies, he, mm. he wants people to be a bit more open and sort of, that's how you can sort of relate to his movies. They are all very relatable. Yeah, I think he does a really great job of creating <laughs> characters who feel very like, they feel like actual people, they feel like they've had an actual life and they've kind of lived a lot and been through a lot and he does a great job of uh, exploring that and helping you kind of understand who they are, where they've come from, uh, there's multiple scenes in the movie where um, other characters will describe that person, like describe mm-hmm. kind of everything that's happened in their life of significance up until that point, but then also explore like really tiny, minuscule details that you don't actually really need to know, but that add so much depth and uniqueness to the character that it makes you kind of connects to him a lot stronger. It seems to know mm-hmm. the human condition, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's a strange kind of... Uh, I guess it's like an approach to a kind of like human connections or relationships that people are like, why is it though? Because like, we can sit here and be like, oh, yeah, this is how... He, he like He's demonstrating like how we should speak to each other and all this kind of stuff. Like It's like the yearning that we all mm. want to do it, but yet none of us do. But I've never yeah. understood how we can all understand that we want to, but yet no yeah. one does it. Does that make I sense? I always watch his movies and I'm like, wait a minute, am I desperately lonely? <laughs> <laughs> to be, to be it's just like, yeah, it's like, should I be more open with people? But it's like, it's mm. weird, you know, it's a weird it's a territory. dialogue it's not, to have with people. I guess it is, because I guess a lot. Is it like, yeah, do you think people just aren't. You, I guess it's the unknown, isn't it? You don't know how someone's going to react to. Something so well, not maybe not even open, but like I don't know. Like there are certain things that like I don't know. Like for instance, I guess in this movie, like they're talking about like menstruation, right? And it's mm-hmm. obviously like who gives a fuck about that, really? But it's not something that you just bring up for no reason. Like normally, yeah. like in a normal situation, but it's like yeah, but who gives a fuck about it, really? But we yeah. had this idea. We have like yeah. yeah, talk about it. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> and then we're all sitting there in silence, and we're like, yeah. no, what? Like we. we like we're just as a like a society just like conditioned to just be like, yeah, we could totally talk mm. about like um sex and uh having shit on a weekend and even though you know we all talk about having a shit all the time last lot but you know what I mean like there was just all the talk stuff about that you think, the things yeah. you don't talk about I yeah think we should we all don't. talk about these things it definitely helps where the movie is set like when the movie is set sorry because it's mm-hmm. set it was set during like um a big time of like cultural like, up um rising where Was it like the 70s yeah the mm-hmm. 1979 it's set in mm-hmm. it's um mm-hmm. heavily rooted into the californian punk scene um mm-hmm. where you know women were kind of 
being very open about their sexuality and talking about their bodies and being like very sex positive. Um, and I think they definitely explore that in quite a great way, especially with um, Greta Gerwig's character, Abby, who is like, mm. she is like massively into the punk scene. She's very rebellious. Um, she's had a bit of a shit time um, suffering from cervical cancer. Um, but she's kind of putting all that frustration into kind of being free and open about everything and not hiding away from that. Well, I, yeah. I, I, I guess also because, like, I guess under the circumstances, it's like a a piece of education because I assume it's based in some sort of, like, obviously not not her because she's not a real person, but, like, the, the whole, like, um, whatever drugs these, like, women were taking and, like, giving their offspring, like, cancer and stuff, that's got to be rooted in some sort of truth that's, like, it's really fucked up when you mm. think about it, isn't it? Especially in, like, the 70s where you didn't yeah. really know what was happening or like the ones a bit more experimental with like the drugs they would actually give people mm. yeah and it wasn't even that long ago if you think about it either like that's mm. the kind of thing that you'd hear about from like the the, the early 1900s or something like oh they they drank battery acid because they mm. thought it would like help productivity but then just like killed them. smoking 20 yeah. cigarettes a day was yeah. supposed to make you sexy yeah like that kind of thing and it's like <laughs> shit yeah that's that scene <laughs> where um Dorothea um, is talking about smoking and she's like, when I started smoking, it was good for you. Yeah. It was chic and trendy. <laughs> yeah, because it was, you know? Yeah, they used to like advertise it on like newspapers and TVs and radio and all that other they kind of shit, didn't Looney they? Looney Tunes like advertising cigarettes. Yeah, it's so, it, honestly, like this Bugs kind of stuff Bo is so fucked Bugs Bunny up. smoking cigars and shit. It's mad. Yeah. Like the stuff that... It just used to happen. <laughs> That's because he was awesome. That is true. He was cool when he was smoking the cigar. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be like Bugs Bunny, they said, and get these kids some cigars. <laughs> Recruit. <laughs> Ew. I like, I like the character of Jamie as like a yeah. main character and has a kind of a vessel to explore these themes through because he was slowly being turned into a feminist and he was reading these mm. books about feminism and trying to be an ally and, and you know, fight for women's rights and the, the movement. And um, I think that wasn't very common with, like, men, I don't mm -hmm. think, especially not in, like, the 70s or the 80s. Yeah. Um, it's only really, like, nowadays where it's like, yeah, you need to be part of it as well, actually. Um, otherwise, nothing's going to get done because who's at the top, you know? Um, mm. But I liked how... I like how Mike Mills will like add like books that people are reading in the movies and that he makes, and he'll like have the title and the author of the book. If you yeah, want to read I like, them I like as well. that, yeah. Like, oh yeah, they'll put like excerpts from it and like poems mm. and stuff yeah. in there. That I think are really nicely put in. So like, I guess from a, the, I think I think I've asked questions like this before when I'm sitting here, but like from like your guys's point of view, um, did you what what did you think about the movie? Because obviously there's like quite a few jabs of like. Uh, you know, like, uh, all, you know, the, the women in the movie are like taking the piss out of the men quite a lot of the time. Like, do, I don't know, did it, did, like, did you guys have like any, any, like, uh, any thoughts? Or did you just think, yeah, fair enough? Like, <laughs> any thoughts? Yeah. Well, just, about what? Just the movie, it, like, as a, as a whole, talking about, like, I don't know, like, uh, uh, was it like, uh, Men can't please women. Um, all that kind of stuff. Oh, right, like, yeah. Did, yeah, it was, was, was there like, anything in there that was like really outlandish? Oh, they couldn't achieve just, orgasm through Yeah, because like, like, they're all shit um, and all this kind of penetration. stuff. Penetration. 
It's like, I don't know about that. No, yeah, I'm just more curious <laughs> was, um, because I'm obviously on the outside of this, if that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's there's always stuff you need to learn. Um, but you took it with like a grain of salt because it was also like mm. trying to be funny. Oh yeah, well. I felt I like you, you can't go too far with that, can you? Really, it becomes like a yeah. it becomes the anti of what he's trying to say. It's like pro women, but fuck all men. <laughs> There's that really funny scene where um, Jamie gets in a fight about um, clitoral stimulation. Yeah. <laughs> Punch up with that kid. Yeah. <laughs> what were you fighting about? Clitoral stimulation. <laughs> Just the kind of stuff to talk about yeah. with your parents, isn't it, really? Yeah. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> really like telling his mum, like, oh, um, eventually I want to be able to satisfy a woman completely. And you're like, you understand where he's coming from. He's trying to learn to be like an ally and be like a feminist and uh, talk more about like women's rights and mm. that. And she's like, you know what? I'm sure you will. <laughs> that's the <laughs> it's thing. It's not something you talk about with your mother. That's right? exactly it's not, it. Like, but it's because that's what he's learning. And that, yeah. like, she set this up. That's where I was kind of like, oh, all right. Um, with like, she was his mother, but she was also like recruiting these other girls to be like, can you help me? raise him basically or like to help him to be a better person or something mm. like he needs role models or whatever she like gets the help of um one of her tenants and also like one of his friends yeah but and i was thinking like mm, are you not his mother though mm. should you not yeah be doing that yourself well, i think the thing is she kind of felt that there was like some distance in their yeah. relationship i think she felt that he was kind of drifting away a bit and like going more towards the other two characters obviously abby being like massively into like punk and rebellion he's kind of very much gravitating towards that and he's like going into los angeles to go to punk shows and stuff like that and obviously julie who he's like clearly in love with i think he she just kind of saw he was kind of closer to them and maybe she thought that they were going to be better to connect to him. Yeah, well, I guess. Well, I guess what kind of got me, if I was going to think about like anything in this movie in that kind of way, is like you, yeah, like you set this up. So why are you angry about how it panned yeah. out? Like you, you, they you went up to yeah, you him. did it. And she was like, "Why are you doing? Oh, this? why are you influencing <laughs> him? <laughs> like you, you said that. You said go out there and tell Jamie about." Clitoral something that she didn't, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she was the one going out there asking for help and then didn't like mm-hmm. what happened when they like, yeah, got it. It's weird. And I like the uh, relationship between um, him and. I forgot her name. Elle Fanning, the one that Elle Fanning. What, Ju- Julie, Julie, was it? Yeah. 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 Well, like, they were friends and, like, he really fancied her, but she didn't fancy him and they, like, never had sex. Because, I mean, he's 15 years old, like, whatever, but, like, there's like this joke throughout the movie where it's like you can't sleep in the same bed and not have sex. <laughs> it's weird. And he was like, "It's not weird." It's not, and she's like, "No, it's all. It's not weird. We just lie in bed and like sleep and talk." And everyone's like, "That's weird." <laughs> you do yeah. that, and I'm like, "Yeah, it is. It is weird. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's weird in in the way that it." It is weird. Like it's hard to explain. I want to be like, like a progressive and be like, no, it's not. They're just friends. That's what friends do. But I'm like, it's not though, is it? Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, I agree with you, but I'm also like, I guess you don't. It does like if you, I don't know, if you did that on like the 
odd occasion. Yeah. Like, I don't it's know. Like, what's yeah, wrong like, with friends being friends and being close friends, huh? Yeah, How like about the, that? But it's not really. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't think there's anything actually wrong with like what they're doing. But I think it's like the um, the frequency and mm-hmm. like, especially if she knows that he like if they don't like each other, like you know, one of them's gay or one of them, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, if there's uh, there's certain situations where that's a bit more like okay. I'm I'm quoting mm-hmm. the air here. But like, yeah, if 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 someone clearly like is really into you, and then you're going over to theirs every single night and like sleeping with them, and then talking about your sex life with these other guys, it's clearly yeah. not cool, is it? Like, you're clearly not. It's rude. Yeah, you're not reading <laughs> yeah. the room, are you? Like, this poor guy's like, yeah. Julie, I love you, and they, she's like, like get walked in on, yeah. <laughs> by like the was it Greta Gerwig, uh, and she's like, yeah, oh, we don't have sex. I just sleep here. And she said, you cannot let her sleep here if she's not having sex with you. And that's when I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I think it's just, I feel like it also kind of like stunts um, his kind of, what's it? Like not growth, but like if she doesn't like him, she's just preventing him from ever like growing and moving on in that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Like it's like kind of selfish of her to keep coming back every night and being like, no, we just talk and we just like that's a very formative. Bed part of his life yeah especially yeah. yeah especially if he's not allowed to go and explore anything because he's too hung up on her if that makes sense mm-hmm. like i feel like it's really selfish but i feel like it's not it is weird don't get me wrong but i don't think it's like that weird in certain circumstances but in this yeah. i don't i don't think it's it's weird but it's yeah, not it's w- outwardly wrong yeah. yeah i think that's what i mean yeah like it. it's not wrong but yeah. it's definitely like when everyone goes, yeah, she shouldn't be here. I think you should listen to that. Like, there's a common denominator, yeah. really, in there. But she was, yeah. she was, she was interesting, <laughs> to put it politely. She was. I think everybody is like really good in this. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Every it's time like fun. somebody showed up, I was like, oh, it's that person. Oh, yeah. it's that. And that. <laughs> Look, it's um, fucking Billy Crudup dressed up as Shaggy. I was just about <laughs> to. I was literally thinking, who was that guy? Who looked like Shaggy. <laughs> I don't know his name. That sex scene between him and um, Greta Gerwig was fucking weird. It was yeah, awkward it was really and horrible. Weird. Now, that is what was wrong, right? That You know, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about things that are wrong. That was wrong. They were like, living in the same house, and he was like, like the fans at each other, I guess. But she was like, um, we have to role play. We have to, there's this weird yeah. sex scene where they have, she's like, we have to role play, and you just keep, like, you're the photographer, and you're ph- photographing me. And you keep saying, oh, sorry, and touching me. And he just like, <laughs> does that. And it's like, it's so weird. It's such a, <laughs> such a strange and uncomfortable scene. But I really liked it. I was like, this is great. This yeah. is so good. <laughs> oh, dear. And then it cuts to um, Jamie and Julie, like, sleeping in the next room and, like, the loud moaning coming mm. through the walls. That is good. Yeah. Because they weren't. Having sex with it. <laughs> you just have to like listen to other people doing it while they lay there. That's pretty gross. Pretending <laughs> they were like just friends. Like it's lame man. <laughs> That's why you got a ki- your kicker to the curb, Jamie. <laughs> I think Greta Gerwig probably delivers my favourite performance um, of her whole career in this. I think she's so great. Mm. That character of Abby's probably my favourite in the movie. She's very good. Yeah, yeah I liked her a lot. I don't know if I had a favourite in this movie, Tripitard. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I gravitated to anyone in that kind of way where I was like, oh, thank God there's more of them. Do you know what I mean? I, d- I didn't feel that with any no, of them. I mean, yeah, I mean, I do love all the characters. I love yeah. spending time with them. 
I think that's one of the reasons I love the movie so much. It's just because I, I just really enjoy seeing these characters and kind of living in this world and kind yeah. of living with them. They feel very human and lived yeah. in. Yeah, they and, do feel um, real. I think Mike Mills knows how to cultivate a vibe. It's not like so much like, I really like the characters, but I'm not like, oh, and this character was great. Um, This is my favourite character. Yeah, I, like, I feel the same. The movie is telling you a story through the characters. Yeah, yeah like I, I think uh, maybe not in this movie, but I think I have favourite characters from other movies that he's done. Mm-hmm. I think it helps that he draws from his own life experiences a lot in his movies. Yeah. Like, this and Beginners are apparently incredibly, like, autobiographical in a way. Beginners? Yeah, he feels like he's lived through it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like some of it's almost like... Like he's had a life, you know? It feels almost too specific in some instances. It where it's like, that is definitely yeah. from you, isn't it? Like, you've read a... Pay- it felt like... To me, like, uh, I was watching a recreation of someone's day in a diary, if that makes sense. Like, he just wrote this entry out and just got people to act it. And I would have been like, oh, okay, that was an interesting day in 1979. Yeah. <laughs> but the more specific you're able to be with stuff like this, the mm. more relatable it is. Yeah, strangely. that's what I was thinking. Nobody goes through exactly what yeah. is in this movie or in his movies. You just don't, do it, you? It's not really so much about the situations, it's about like the feelings that are elicited from the situations yeah, that they're they, in. Yeah, because you can then relate it back to, oh God, I remember feeling like that when mm. I da-da-da-da-da, because it, yeah, it's the feeling, isn't it? Rather it's happening than... to the human experience. Mm. Yeah, Like I said, he knows the human condition. That man is scary. Mm. Is he? Maybe he was a psychologist back in... His former yeah. life or something. Kind of reminds me of like Charlie Coppin in that way. Now they're kind of able to tap into the human condition a bit. Yeah. If they made a movie together, that would be like the, the movie to end all movies. <laughs> the, the sun would you explode. Wouldn't get out alive. And, yeah. <laughs> the person he reminds me the most of, I think, is Wes Anderson. Like, yeah. particularly early Wes Anderson, like mm-hmm. Rushmore, Royal Tenenbaum sort of thing. I was thinking of, of Rushmore, to be fair. Before he kind of like went very heavy on the style and it was much more about the characters and the story, mm-hmm. I think, especially with like Royal Tenenbaums, where that is a movie that is very, very like very emotional very mm-hmm. like deep in terms of what it's trying to explore this movie gives mm. me like really strong like similar vibes i see what you mean it gave me like a darjeeling yeah <laughs> family uh, yeah, relationship all feel kind of wes anderson in that mm. way um he's still able to like balance the character with it like with come on come on that was like a movie that was like there's no style over substance it all works together like the style yeah. is there mm. um it's insane to watch it uh, as it is, but also the characters are also there, and you relate to the characters, and they're also very. I think very it's also interesting. quite uh, quite telling how you could make a style out of like almost the uh, absence of style in a way, because mm-hmm. like um, I'm talking about come on, come on now. To be fair, but like well, you could tell a story in black and white and still picture things in color. But I'm a bit of a style slut, so I'm a, that's why I'm a Wes girl, but. Mm. I don't know. You you know what you know what I mean. Like, there's like certain things that you'd be like, there's a style there, but it doesn't need to be there in order to be seen. Mm-hmm. Seems sounds very philosophical now, but I feel like there's just no way to articulate that in an actual. Yeah, with like Mike Mills characters, way. I feel like they talk like people, but with yeah. Wes Anderson characters, they don't. 
They do, I feel like Wes Anderson has like never had a conversation with anyone like like I think he's human. had too many conversations with people. Maybe, maybe. But like I say, I'm a style slut. So like as long as he keeps making pretty movies, I will watch them until the day I'm dead. Yeah. What can nice. I say, man? What can I say? I said what I said. Wes, you're my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I do really love um, how the film does draw into like the punk scene and how it kind of explores that mm-hmm. um a lot of that kind of music is brought into the movie um and i think it does a great job of kind of setting kind of almost like an anarchic tone i think yeah. if what if it's a theme though doesn't it like uh um, yeah they're raging against the machine yeah maybe. they're raging against the system the feminist feminists are raging against the system the the hierarchy the patriarchy yeah 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 yeah, yeah. back when it was cool and not cringe Oh no, you're talking about a uh, second wave feminism. Mm. That's what's cringe. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get cancelled for that, but you know what? There Cancel exactly. me, boys. Canceling. Shit, I'm cancelled now. It's, now it's devolved into like, oh, you're getting cancelled. <laughs> yeah, because I just said second wave feminism is cringe. Yeah. I said it again. There you go. No deniable proof there, is there? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of great usages of talking head songs throughout. There's oh, like, I'm not even mad about it. Yes. Yeah. I'm really an great. art fag. And I got cancelled again. Well done, yeah. Darcy. <laughs> he spray paint that over his car. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favourite movies um, in this, the, uh, one of my favourite scenes in the movie is when Dorothea and um, Shaggy, I can't remember his actual name. Mike? No. No, yeah, when they're the like, name. they want to like understand Jamie, ben. so they go to his room and put on a black flag record and don't get it and then put on talking heads and they're like, yeah, we're art facts. Yeah. To there are fair, two like, kinds of people. The people who like Black Flag and the people who like Talking Heads. Yeah. And they both hate each other. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like, because um, I guess, yeah, this is like the 70s like version of Blur versus Oasis. Is it, or Pulp versus Blur versus Oasis, depending on what camp you're in. Like that, It gave me that vibe. It was like, really? What if you like both? What, what yeah. happens if you like both? It's the world, not an option. <laughs> it's yeah, the world's I love end. Both. <laughs> No, you don't. You always love one more than the other. I mean, it's that's true, but... <laughs> it's because, like, Talking Heads, like, represents kind of, like, the more, like, arty, like, professional mm. sort of side, whereas Black Flag were kind of the complete opposite. They were very anarchic, very mm. noisy. It was like there's a whole um, conversation towards the beginning of the movie where um, they're, like, explaining punk to Dorothea and explaining, like, how this band that they listen to they know their band but like bad but they don't care because it's oh, about the... it's about what they feel rather than how good they are at actually playing about their the instruments yeah. i think I mean... why did i remember that that's that's see this is what i mean i retain the most like obscure shit no i i, I think i yeah i think i know what you mean though surely though this lady she's quite well educated right Surely she knows what punk is, even if she doesn't care about it. I don't know. It was like a pretty new thing at that point. I, don't, is it, I feel like I'd, oh, may, I might get into... Uh, may, may, maybe 79 just, was kind of I'm like the re- point <laughs> where it had gone from being like this underground thing to slowly starting to become kind of mainstream. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm just reflecting my, old, uh, my own uh, insecurities about my age here. Because I'm like, is this like the equivalent of us being told like who like Connor Maynard is or something and we're like who the fuck is that? <laughs> like, is who is that? <laughs> exactly. Okay. 
No, oh, this no, is he... like this was like the like the new age, you know, stuff and like the, yeah. the Vietnam War just ended, people were like, Oh, we're gonna rage against the machine. You, yes. you got all those movies coming out about how fucked up the Vietnam War was and you get all those movies mm. like like Apocalypse Now or Full Metal Jacket where they kind of explored how flawed we are as people and like how the government sort of failed us, whereas I don't think and that's sort of happened with punk as well, I think, and mm. that's not something that we were really getting before that period in time. We were like questioning authority to that extent, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, where it's where it's become because I guess it's also because uh, we're in the twenty first century of this is an everyday conversation mm. at this point. Um, so I guess yeah, when it's emerging, it's yeah. kind of like you, you you you're more angry. You're raising questions that no one's asked yet, but now it's just like you wake up and it's all you ever see is just people like you know. Um, Raging against everything ever in any way possible. It's oh, like yeah. it's like never ending. It's almost like a self-defeating kind yeah. of like prophecy in a kind of way. It's the snake eating its own tail. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. To be, yeah, it's like a never-ending cycle, yeah. and it started in '79. <laughs> but I do love the way the movie kind of explores that. Um, so everything was kind of changing at this point. There was a mm. huge cultural shift, even in like the way that women kind of acted and how women could talk about things like sex it kind of became more open people were like less repressed and not hiding that as much mm. mm -hmm. yeah like, even like, with like the character of um what was her name again i forgot what, already. Julie. yeah julie who's like talking about how many guys she slept with and she's not hiding the fact that she's slept around quite a lot i'm actually quite glad you brought her back up again because um Normally, when Chris says something like, "Oh, maybe this thing didn't exist back in this day," I just I just brush it off as like a funny doodah. But I did Google it, and the morning after pill wasn't actually um, yeah. available until 1984. Mm. So that is pretty fucked up because I feel like that's not that long ago. Here we get here I go again saying that wasn't that long ago. But like I don't know, like you you know you saw those like janky fucking like pregnancy tests she was using fucking like yeah, these now glass we wait beakers for two hours. Yeah, like. <laughs> And nowadays you only have to wait like forty fucking seconds. Yeah. But yeah, I just I was just so surprised at like how late that was actually introduced because apparently it was in trials yeah. for like ten years before it came onto market or whatever. There's a it's scene I um, really love where she's talking to Jamie about um, sex, and she's like, she says half the time I regret it, and he's like, well, why do you do it? And she's like, because half the time I don't regret it. Mm. I, I really think, loved that line. I think that, that is, is really... I don't know about you guys, but like... Relatable. For, yeah, from a female perspective, that is the most yeah. relatable fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. It was also quite sad, I think. It I mean, is, that character though, is quite like, a sad character. Well, she is. She's basically had like the most like dodgery kind of life. But of her own choosing from the sounds of it, to be honest. But like, you know, um, I guess when you're a teenager as well, everything's like, once again, everyone's like rebelling when they're teenagers and everything's confusing, everything's brand new, everything's exciting. Mm. And then you get, to, you get to our age, at the humble age of 27, everything's boring as fuck because you've done it all. But um, Be for yourself. Well, I will because I've, um, I'm, I'm aged like a... I have a less intrinsic need to like rebel for the sake of rebellion, which I think yeah. is intrinsic in teenagers. Oh yeah, not which I definitely did. Oh, back I in definitely the day. did also. If that maybe was worse, angry so. for the sake of being angry and rebelled against authority just because 
but now I'm like, no, I, I there are reasons. <laughs> like I also think like um in in a similar sort of vein, I think um I can only speak on behalf of maybe myself and other uh female people that I know. Um a lot of like the uh, like rebellion of being like a teenager and stuff as well also comes from just a fucking whack of hormones and stuff. Like, because obviously mm-hmm. when you're a, when you're a woman, they're just like they're well, especially for me, they're all well out of whack. So like, we're not even angry because we're angry. We're angry just just because science and biology made us angry for no reason, basically. And mm-hmm. then yeah, you just get caught up in it all. And I feel like, and then obviously yeah, like everyone else is doing it. Yeah. So like. You're almost like justified, and you're almost like in a what's what echo chamber of just angry people yeah. being angry for almost seemingly no reason, but all everything at the same mm. time. And parents being against their kids, yes. and kids being against their parents. That's why it's good to <laughs> set it in like the seventies, yeah. where we have this like uh, retrospective, mm. where we could be like, yeah, it's also sort of like this now. Um, again, the, the imagery of like the snake eating itself. It's yeah. like. Kids get upset and mad and they rebel and the parents are like, why are you doing this? But they were also kids when, and, and they also rebelled and they got angry and their parents were like, why are you doing this? Yeah. It is this cycle of the thing. I, I don't think it'll ever end. I don't know how yeah, to learn you break from it, it all yeah. that much, but it's like, I guess, I guess maybe you want to feel like things would change once mm. you got older and like, then you don't understand. You don't understand when you get older the world that the children are living in as much as your parents didn't understand the world that you were living in when you were a kid. Yeah, maybe. And I guess also it's, I'm not a parent. None of us are parents. So like, I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying not to speak out of turn here. But like, you know how they always say stuff like, oh yeah, like if I was a parent though, I, I would never have this relationship with them. But then, I think it's a lot more difficult than that, isn't it? Because, mm-hmm. like, you obviously don't want them to be angry and rebelling, but then you obviously want... You know what I mean? Like, the, it, the, it's almost like you're you're constantly at battle with, like, they want, you want them to be safe, mm. but they want you to leave them alone because you need them to trust you. Yeah, that, that you're yeah. not a part of. Yeah, basically. I feel it yeah. now with these TikTok kids. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I don't understand really what that's all about. Yeah. And I'm only fucking 26. Like, no, this is what I but mean, But even though. now, I'm like, I'd stay, they, they've moved on. Yeah, you age like that's no longer the world that I was living mm. in when I was their age. Yeah. So now, even now, I'm like, well, you, that's insane. Like, that's bullshit. Yeah, Why it's, are they it's, doing it's, this? <laughs> you could just stop doing that. But they're like, no, you don't understand. And I don't. I yeah, maybe, don't. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's probably going to be the same yeah. if I ever have kids. It's like, no, you do, that's going to be like miles away from the world that I yeah. knew when I was a child. Or and a teenager. It, it's, it's fucked up to think about, but it is true though, isn't it? Yeah. Like, and the thing is, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be a never-ending cycle of like, you can't understand what you don't understand. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, even if they explained it to you, like we, like we yeah. could try and explain it to our parents, their parents could try and explain it. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be yeah. a never-ending cycle of times have changed. You can't understand because you can never understand. I and can't I, pause Call of Duty, Mum. Okay, <laughs> I'm on it. It's on a live fucking game. Okay, I can't just pause it. That's <laughs> oh, impossible. Back in my day, we could pause it. Well, it's not your yeah. day anymore, Grandma. And it's like <laughs> it's just like that over and over again. They also explore this idea of like parents not really knowing who their kids are, and I think like yeah. they had like a quite an interesting mm. relationship where they did share a lot. Yeah, and they spoke like adults. But she has this great line that says. Uh, 
you get to see him out in the world as a person I never will. And that is very true for a lot of for parent, parent yeah, I agree child with dynamics. Because you don't know. Even now, I'm like, well, probably not. I don't know my parents as much as they, their, their friends would know them, you know. Or they don't know me as much as you guys would know yeah, me. Yeah, I, I kind of yeah. feel that way with, like, I, I know this isn't exactly the same, but I almost feel that way about, like, my sibling. Uh, mm. I, only have, I only have one sibling. I don't know why I was about to do the plural there. But, like, it is almost like everybody knows a different version of you, if that makes sense. And I guess with parents, that's even worse, so because you're never going to... You know how, like, earlier we were like, you don't talk about clitoral stimulation with your mum. <laughs> no. like, there are certain boundaries with your parents that stay in those boundaries. Yeah. Like, I would never take my mum to a gig, for example, because that's not the kind of thing that I would do with my mum. I don't, th- I don't know if I'd even take my dad. I'm more likely to take my dad, but I don't think I would. But there are like, so, yeah, there are so, like, you set yourself out to be a person between every relationship you have, and no one will, uh, like, it, like, like a parent would just. I actually think that's kind of sad that I think about it because, like, if I ever had kids, I feel like, yeah, you never really would like. You'll get to us. They'll get to a certain age, and you just you won't know them mm, anymore. They'll be yeah. the the former version of whoever they were beforehand. As a parent, I think you hope that you shape your child into like a good, well-rounded person, but you never really know for sure whether you have or not. True. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I, once again, not really quite relevant, but like, you see it on those TV shows and stuff as well, where like, you, you just always end up finding out stuff about like, the people around you, especially like when parents find out stuff about their kids and it's just like, oh, you didn't know about that? And it's like, oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I thought it's just a. I think it's just a. It's, it's a thing that's almost like uh for for me as a not parent uh it's almost incomprehensible that yeah. you could have a relationship with someone that close to you like you literally birthed them from your body or I don't know adopted them out of your love whatever and you don't know who they are like you get to a certain point and it's like you are someone else now you live your mm-hmm. own life I just think they kind of kind of fucking sad to be honest thanks for that that was a proper yeah, bummer for goes, me I suppose. yeah that was a proper bummer I didn't like that do you rate the movie? I just wanted to um, someone say something nice just say <laughs> I really really loved the ending to this movie mm-hmm. um, oh yeah I like how they talk about yeah what everyone ends up the doing the film kind of just um, like the story kind of ends and it's like here's the characters here's what happened with them for the rest of their life yeah I and like it's that it's really sweet and yeah. um, hopeful also like the fact that they didn't do like I don't know they kind of, they kind of did to be fair but it wasn't like a really long like montage of like everyone's life but yeah it, I guess it kind of was but it wasn't as cringy as you'd expect it to be yeah I think the whole movie I'm on like the verge of tears and that's like the bit where just start rolling just during that last bit yeah if I had like one criticism it'd probably mm. be like the use of music. And it felt quite manipulative at times. Yeah, and I can understand that. Especially he in that does last it bit. Does it like an emotion, like a nostalgic kind of emotion from you, where he does these mm. like heavy strings and um, also like I like the music, but it's also it felt like it didn't vary a lot. It was sort of just the same sort of string arrangement. You're going like, they're talking about how they feel over this song. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> that happens in a lot of a lot of Mike Mills movies, I think. But in here, it was particularly it got it got to me a little bit. Yeah, 
I get that. Trying to nail yeah. it home, I suppose. He likes his voiceovers with like just kind of dreamy backing scores, you know. Yeah, for me, yeah. I didn't have a problem with it, but I can understand why mm-hmm. you would. I kind yeah. of got lost in it, to be honest. I wasn't. I didn't even think about the the music really, apart from the times where it was like overly obvious it was there. Like you know yeah. when she's when the when the mum's like smoking on the bed like. And I would die in the year yeah, 1999. Yeah, it was like whenever a character would talk about how they felt, yeah. that music would start playing, and I'd be like, fucking, gee, get, come on. Man. Yeah, like, I only picked up on it sometimes, but when I did, I thought, all right, we get it. Like, she dies, all right? Like, it's okay, it's fine, whatever. Every time oh. a character would be like, I, I just feel like the music would go, <laughs> they're <laughs> feeling things. Stop driving them out. Okay. <laughs> Great. Should we rate it out of menstruations? Cool. Sure, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's another one of my favourite scenes. She starts shouting menstruation. <laughs> menstruation, say it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I really, really love this movie. Um, I, I'd only seen it, I think, once before, so I was looking forward to re-watching it. I think it was actually a lot better on a second viewing. Um, great director, Mike Mills. Mm. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next. Um going back and watching the couple movies I've not seen of his. Um, I think I'd give it um, 10 menstruations out of 10. I actually think this is probably one of my favourite movies now. Sorry, I, 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 it I really was just the, the rating just got me like... Yeah. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I bought the DVD um, before nice. attended. I was like, I need this movie. It's a shame it's, it's not out on Blu-ray over here. It's a shame. Yeah. Huh. What do you oh, know? Well. Really beautiful looking movie, so it would look yeah. good. It's a shame. Although when... Um, was it the mum said to Billy Crudup, uh, you don't have many funny lines, do you? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. <laughs> Fucking, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, really good stuff. Um, I'll probably give it eight menstruations out of ten. I don't know how you just remind me about the fact that she was like, she just left herself open to just get read to filth like pretty much the whole movie. Oh, which yeah, is everybody fucking was always hilarious. like, you're dragging her. Your life ain't so good, is it? And she'd be like, it's not. Shut up. Yeah, it's like she was dishing it out to everyone else but couldn't take it. And that reminded me of that. I was like, fuck, I forgot to mention that. Um, do you know what? I actually, um, Chris had a go at me for dropping it down half a point um, on my second viewing. But. <laughs> Upon reflection, I actually think that was less to do with the movie itself, but more the. I hate when I say this because it's just the, the my go-to excuse. But it was just. It was long. It was just, no, it was just the mood I was in. Yeah. You know, like it had nothing to do with like the length or the movie, and I still loved it. But it just just wasn't like you probably overrated overrated it the first time. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's exactly what happened. Maybe I was just so into it the first time that I've fell out of it yeah i can't tell you the amount of times i've Uh, gone out of a movie gone oh that was a 10 and then like a couple weeks later been like actually no and it's also quite rare that i re-watch a movie anyway so i feel like Mm. this is a good reflection of did darcy rate this too high or did uh darcy actually really like this Uh, not to say that i didn't really because it's still a nine menstruations out of ten so it didn't do too badly hey that ain't too bad at all Mm. no Great. I recommended a movie. It is Italian um, from 1971, directed by Lucchino Visconti, and it's called Death in Venice. It's based on a book of the same name by Thomas Mann. Um, It is about a composer who goes to Venice 
Yes. He's um, quite depressed, quite upset, and um, like, I'm going to Venice. <laughs> I need a holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and he becomes um, en- enamoured with um, a young uh, boy that he sees there on his holiday walking about the resort. Um, he was a very pretty boy, um, very good looking. Um, he just keeps, I think it's just about like him watching him and mm-hmm. sort of how it, uh, it doesn't, it's not dialogue heavy particularly. Mm. Um, so I guess you are left to sort of stew in it and sort of make up your own mind about what he's thinking or what the movie is ultimately about. Um, yeah, it's, um, like a lot of the Italian movies of the time, um, it's dubbed over. Which was a bit disappointing. Yeah, I, d- I didn't like, appreciate that. So, you know, he's supposed to be German, but he's speaking in a British accent mm-hmm. um, the entire time. Um, and a lot of people are speaking in different uh, accents, or sometimes they'll switch to like, now they're speaking French, now they're speaking Polish. Um, yeah. Which threw me off a bit. I only really found it noticeable at the beginning, to be honest. As the film went on, it just it felt kind of natural. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um... It's, yeah, uh, I, I got the Criterion, so I wanted to watch it, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, we watched it. I <laughs> don't think did. any of us had seen this before. No. Um, it's, I mean, to say what I thought about it, I suppose, I, I quite liked it. I thought it was pretty interesting, but it's not a very fun movie. It's very uh, horrendously uncomfortable, because he's basically just like fawning off this young child the whole time, and he doesn't verbally say it really mm. at any point but the insinuation i thought was that he was lusting after this young boy um and th- that's sort of how i viewed the whole movie although i feel like yeah it's maybe not about that yeah entirely. i don't think it is about that no yeah. we, we... But it's hard to watch the movie and not see that because mm-hmm. that's kind of how it is presented yeah that's, i think there's yeah. like a lot of scenes where they I wouldn't say sexualized, but maybe glamorized the young boy. They mm-hmm. they show a lot of like shots with him, like basically just in his underwear, like in yeah. the sea. A lot of shots like trying to make him look like pretty and like attractive, and all yeah. of that just kind of completely put me off the movie. Yeah, it it was quite it was quite weird because I w- so there there was like watching this. Uh, I'd go back and forth to me and Max kind of looking at each other, going. Oh god, this is fucking horrible! But like, when when we got back, I was um, Chris was like, "Fucking move!" And then we were like, "But it punches you right at the end, right?" Because I feel like I I thought, okay, maybe this is just like a really noncy movie, mm-hmm. right? And I'm thinking, but why is this such a noncy movie? It can't just be the cholera. The cholera don't make you gay, right? <laughs> and all of a sudden, remember he's laying in the bed, and they're and they're like. Oh, you're an old man, you old man. You missed the days of your youth, old man. And I was like, oh, it's yeah. supposed to be like a help me out here. He's a the boy is obviously real, but he's like a like a I don't know, like a personification maybe of like youth. You, yeah, yeah of that's what kind he's of what I to, got from me. He's like he you know isn't I mean? really attracted to this young boy. He's but like he's, not he's him. dying, kind of like. He's quite old, mm. he's sick, and he's looking at this young, healthy boy, and he's kind of like wishing that that was what he had. He's yeah. kind of just mm. like longing after that. He's like a has-been in his field. Yeah. yeah. And there's like, there like a scene or whatever where they're like, something to do with like, age, to age is the worst. Mm. And he was aging pretty terribly. 
Um, he was, wasn't he? <laughs> so to like see this young boy, it's like, here's what I could be or what I could have been. Like, mm. Here's what I want to go back to when I was young and vibrant and had the whole world in front of me. Mm. Um, it is still Nancy, though. Um, yeah. yeah, it. Oh, there's a really it's, great scene towards the end where he's like, um, you see him like performing a piece. He performs it and everyone like just boos and like yeah. comes after him. It's he like learns. just kind of shows like how far away from his like youth that he is now, how mm. far away from like his glory days he is. It's, isn't it? Um also the song was written about this young boy as well. Not uh, well not about him, but like um it's supposed to be like it it was uh written around all of his encounters with him so it was obviously a song about like reclaiming your youth or i don't know notting over a little boy i don't know but either way uh apparently trying to claim back your youth through your art is i don't not think the, the song was meant to be about that i got the idea that that scene was set before the rest of the movie oh i don't mm-hmm. know i thought it was i, I thought, thought it was he was writing a song that was like dedicated to him but not dead i think it was like oh, i don't know i could be wrong no, but that's I, what i well, I, I guess you could take it. I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. That's what I thought. But I got that that was the reason he went to Venice was to get mm-hmm. away from that after. Yeah, me too. That. Oh, okay. But but that was maybe I just maybe it. I just completely like to, to put two and two together and made yeah. like twelve. But who knows? I mean, the whole time I was thinking like this is weird and uncomfortable and it was like, so weird. Well, I'm watching this happen, but it is a bit too easy to say he was a paedophile. Exactly, it's too easy because it was well. I mean. Yeah, up until what the last fifteen twenty minutes, I was thinking, God, mm. this is like, this man is a freak. What's wrong with him? And then I thought, oh, he's just upset because he's on death's door. Makes sense. I also got this sense that like he was, he was married before, and they show flashbacks about yeah. him being like this meadow with his log cabin and his wife and his mm. daughter, and his daughter looked a little similar to the boy. So maybe, she, yeah, the, yeah, I, I guess like, so. Yeah, well, he's not with them. Maybe they're not in the picture anymore. Maybe they're dead, or maybe they like he the got daughter divorced definitely and, died. Yeah, the yeah, daughter she, did die. She, yeah, yeah, I don't like know what happened to her coffin. though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, maybe he's, maybe he's thinking about that as well, and how he, though, sort of what he could have had. Oh yeah, yeah maybe and, yeah, like, like his family. Like, oh, my daughter would have been about your age, yeah. Tadjo, or whatever his name hair. is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but... I mean, I don't know why else, like... Apart from trying to pull at the sympathy strings, I, can, I can't imagine why else you would plant in this idea that he was like, do you remember? You used to be married. You used mm. to have children. <laughs> you don't have nothing now, do you, man? <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> why show it, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. Well, yeah that's, I feel like, yeah, there's, there's got to be some sort of parallels you can draw from that. I mean, I was getting the like the, the pedophile angle to it like heavily, so I was also thinking like, what if he's like looking for both in this boy, like his wife and his child? Do you know what? Maybe because uh, yeah, like I said, up until the last like fifteen twenty minutes, I was convinced this man was just a pedophile, and he was like, he he yeah. had to run away from his child before he did unspeakable evils. Yeah. But like, no, it just it, I I think it just came down to the fact that. Man was, man was having a end of life crisis. Yeah. Basically, I think contextually, it's like a very different movie half yeah. an hour after you watch it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, like once you realise what it's actually about, yeah, you you end up going home going, ah, oh, now that bit makes yeah. sense. Ah, oh, now this could actually be this. But when you're watching it, you're just so desperate for it. Like, there's that scene, remember, where he's like on the beach and he's like literally two seconds away from touching this boy, and like 
it looked like he was about to grab his mm-hmm. tush and I was like, absolutely do not do that because I'm going to die of cringe if you go anywhere near him. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess there's also, um, now that you know that it's, you know, him like longing after all this kind of stuff, you ever notice like he's always just within distance, but he never quite gets there. It's like he's almost so close, mm-hmm. but yet so far. I think maybe that was what was happening to him was that it was like a manifestation of uh, what he could have had in his past and when he was younger, um, or like this idea of youth being um, this this pedestal. Mm. Um, but he was also kind of he he felt I felt like he was disgusted with himself for wanting it. Yeah, that is he, true. He was yeah. asking about like he saw them like disinfecting Venice, and he went into a lot of depth with like why are they disinfecting Venice and he asked a lot of people why yeah. are they disinfecting Venice and nobody could really tell him so they were like oh it's the cholera it's the cholera that's going like across the world in the sea yeah. and it's being carried everywhere and he's like maybe I'm getting ill and that's why I'm being attracted to this little boy um, so it was, it was also to do with that I think yeah, I, I, <laughs> it was like it, it is yeah. sort of about that but he doesn't know it's about what it's actually well, yeah, about well, of course and he, he does thinks it, he's yeah. having these thoughts because he's being poisoned by cholera in the sea yeah exactly I mean like the cholera is making the frogs gay you know what I mean like this yeah. just yeah. one of those I would never be gay for a young little boy it must be the cholera <laughs> it's gotta be the cholera <laughs> yeah. but like yeah, I guess it, yeah I guess it's sort of before you realise what the movie actually is um, I was starting to think things like wait if it's the cholera that's like doing the things, that boy's been in the sea a lot. Maybe he's gonna die. And then coincidentally, the um, the coffin for the uh, like they do the flashback to the the the, the kid dying, like his his daughter or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they have little coffins, and I was like, oh my god, he's actually dying. It just turned out to be a completely different scene of the film. And I thought, okay, the kid's fine. The kid hasn't given himself cholera from going in the ocean constantly. Mm-hmm. But think about that way. Was that man? What was, do you think that man was dying just because he was dying, or like this this boy is like so pure and young that he can't get ill from the cholera? Because he's in that water a lot, man, and he's fine. I think it's Nothing also possible that he was never in Venice and that he experienced it all through like this little yeah flash before he died, like a fever dream. Yeah, perhaps. Like he's on his deathbed or something, and he never. Quite yeah, maybe got. he never died on the yeah. beach. Oh, there, there is too much to unpack about this movie. Maybe the young boy is actually him. It could be. Could be. You know, um, it was also he also went back or he tried to go back home at mm. a point, but they, it couldn't happen. Yeah, something stopped ba- him. Like, oh, the got, trains are cancelled, yeah. or like yeah. the bags get uh, the bags got sent re- re- or whatever, and he couldn't. He had to go back, and he had to live forever in Venice again. Yeah, it was only supposed to be like three days as well, so he but must he have got really ill. he was sort of Ill. happy to go back to Venice, because that's was. where the kid was. Mm. And that's and why I thought it was very Nazi still. Mm. 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 Yeah, this movie does, it does make you think. I mean, it doesn't make, yeah, uh, I think uh, what Max was saying earlier is true. It doesn't make you think until after it's finished. Because mm-hmm. up until then, it's the most uncomfortable, rough watch you'll ever see. Like, and it is rough. It is, it is rough. very rough. <laughs> it's horrible to watch. Like, I actually hated watching this. I think that's my biggest problem with the movie. Because although I do think it is telling a lot of really interesting things, I do think there is a lot to unpack about it. I do mm. think it is such an uncomfortable experience to watch. And it's hard to watch it um, 
especially now and not feel like it's something a little bit creepier yeah it it takes you out of it a little bit doesn't it because you can't stop thinking about how like you stop thinking about the the meanings or the artistry of the movie all you can think about is please don't touch that kid jesus christ and then that's just it that's your whole mentality for the whole film is like oh but i think there's a difference between like a movie that's presenting what this movie is presenting and not doing it in a gratuitous way because i don't think it was i was watching it and i was like yeah, it's not very nice and it's it's quite uncomfortable, mm. but I never felt like like the director was like a pedophile. And no. I never felt like it was trying to portray something that was like, yeah, look look at this guy. This is he's living life. Oh, no, 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 no. It was, was it was it is sort of like you know, there's a difference between like displaying themes like this as an art, yeah. into what it's trying to say ultimately. Yeah. And displaying themes like this yeah, because you want to display things like this, and it kind of gets you off, you know. And, and yeah, yeah, I see what yeah. you're saying. There was, there was and it's almost fun like to, you to make it. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I, I do like. Uh, even though, yeah, it was like deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, I never got the impression. I never walked away and thought maybe this guy's an mm. absolute nonsense. Because it's not I never, like yeah, I never really thought either. that. No, I think it's quite well made. Yeah, but, yeah, and I, I think I like, think they thought about it. Yeah, quite a lot. Maybe a little too much. Yeah, man. <laughs> Fucking maybe, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, yeah, I feel like they thought about it a lot to kind of... They're, uh, they're pushing the line, but they haven't gone too far. It's like, how far can we go with this film to say what we need to say, make it uncomfortable, but not have allegations made against us that we could be... <laughs> we could mm. be something we're not. Like, I think they take it to the edge and they go, mm. that's enough. Mm-hmm. We're, we're good. There was some <laughs> behind the scenes shit I read from that actor. Apparently, oh, like all the crew kind of sexualized him in a way. Yeah, I read that. Um, they took him to like gay nightclubs and stuff, and they all like. You're not helping. You're not helping my cause. Why would you say that? Way, apparently. Why yeah, would you say that, that before? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why didn't you? Why did you say that before I made the spiel <laughs> about how they probably aren't nonsense? Because now I'm starting to think maybe they kind of were. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard um, to say. I guess, yeah, but, but were they doing it for, like, art's sake, maybe? I don't know. I'm not getting into that, though, because I don't know enough about I don't these think people. they made the movie or... so that they could hire a good-looking no. young boy and take him to nightclubs. No, but I do think it's kind of weird that they would do that because it's... Oh, it's very strange. Yeah, it's irrelevant in every way and sad very upsetting yeah to, especially yeah. if he's like that. yeah how well how old is how old was he like 14 mm. how the fuck yeah how the fuck like no i'm not about that i do not condone that here on the sunday monday movie marathon <laughs> the no. monday morning marathon <laughs> the yeah. monday morning marathon <laughs> yeah i think it adds to the creepiness of it <laughs> yeah like it's just a bit. It's almost like you just jumped into that controversy. Very mm. I can't even speak. I do like the music as well. Actually, it's going a lot of like Marla in it. Yeah. Um, which coming off of like watching Tar three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh There's yeah. There's a lot of Marla in that. What was um, that one that was playing that you hate? Is it Fur Fur Elise? Yeah, that was Beethoven. The ringtone no, song, yeah. that one. When he was playing Beethoven on the piano, over and over and over, and over, and over again. again. Yeah, it's weird because he looked like Beethoven, the kid. He was like a cross that, between Beethoven and Princess Diana. That could have been another little um, Easter egg, maybe. 
the usage of Marla was pretty interesting because Marla, like, I was reading the, like, represented kind of like a massive shift in the world of classical music or where mm-hmm. he was like, a lot of people said he'd, like, signaled the end of atonality mm-hmm. in music. What? Autonality, because apparently, I have no like, idea what that means. it like went into like a period afterwards where all like classical music was just kind of like noise without much melody, because that's what atonal is. It's like sounds without any melody. Mm-hmm. But who's making sounds without melody, like like musician wise or composer wise? I don't know any names exactly, but oh, that was like don't hear the classical. Them. Yeah, okay, maybe. That was yeah. just like the classical scene from Marlowe. A lot of people consider him to be the last of his kind. Oh, okay. Before, like the entire scene completely shifted. Yeah, no, I'm too much of a music virgin to understand any, any of what is yeah. happening right now. Hey, I don't know all that much about it either. Um, <laughs> but that is interesting, I think. No, I, th- I, think, that, I think that's. It is interesting in the kind of way it kind of. Re- uh, if you want to relate it back to the movie in a way, it's like. This man is the <laughs> on his last of his kind of age, I guess. Mm. <laughs> Another big here. issue I had with the movie is I just found it really, really repetitive. Oh, I yeah, f- it was the mm. same fucking thing for like I two and a like half it, hours. It or something. had s- stuff to say, but it kind of just repeated saying that over and over again in every yeah. single scene. I didn't yeah. feel like they really did anything new of it as the film oh, yeah. progressed. It just kind of was like, mm. here's what we're saying. Yeah, I've had it quite a lot again. towards the end. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. really frustrating. Like, oh, come on. like that's um, anything past the scene where he meets him on the bridge, and there's like garbage and shit everywhere from mm-hmm. when they clean out all the colour and all that kind of stuff. After that, I was just like, okay, we get it. Like he f- he can't get this kid because mm. he can't reach his youth anymore. But we get I it. I do like it's the over. idea of like he goes to Venice and it's all really nice and lovely and then towards the end it's like he's going through the streets and it's, it's like desolate out. and it looks like shit, mm. trash on the street and he's going towards the end of his life and he's about to die and that's that's how he feels about it. And this, yeah. this idea that like youth is the pinnacle of art and it's, you know, everything's clean and nice when you're young and when you get old you mm. die and everything's fucked and horrible. And is uh, smells like sour milk. Yeah, that part I didn't quite understand. I don't. I don't uh, like. Well, say, there was sour yeah, milk in it. Yeah, like say yeah, say what you want about like yeah, you know, like the streets being full of shit because like yeah, you get to the end of your life and stuff. But like, why the milk have to be involved? I don't know why. Why are we getting milk up in this? Like, does, do you smell like sour milk before you die? I don't know. Was it milk or was it just a white liquid? True, I don't know. We don't know. To, to be honest, I really don't know. Like it looked a lot like, of like milk, baking though. powder or whatever. Yeah, yeah, I really. Don't Who's know. to say? Yeah, got a good point there. I'm good, I'm just gonna say milk because it looked like milk, but yeah. I don't know. It felt like those last two, maybe like the last two scenes or whatever. They went on for a very long time. And they like, did, oh, oh, especially when that woman on. was yeah. singing. Yeah. It was like a whole 20 minute song. It didn't help the fact that we were watching it quite late at night. Uh-huh. We all had work. Well, me and Max had work early in the morning. I had yeah, to get I up in like to seven hours and I was like, I still need to go home. still need to make my lunch for the morning and get ready for bed. Yeah. Yeah, we did go to bed for like another hour after. It was fucking long. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. <laughs> I think that just kind of like just sapped any enjoyment I was getting from the movie at yeah, that could, point. I, I was just see, like, yeah, I was <laughs> just done with it about halfway through. Yeah, I was looking over at Chris and mm. I thought he is hating life. Like that is the beauty of this podcast, though. 
Oh yeah. yeah, you can always tell when one of us isn't into it anymore because there's just like there's like a shift. Something yeah. changes. Yeah. I you mean, just see I was it. never really into it to begin with. No, um, but you, yeah, but you as the film see was it, going though. on, I just lost even more Chris interest. Was on his phone the entire time. <laughs> oh, he actually was. To be fair, I was actually spending a lot of it just reading stuff up about the movie. Yeah, and you do almost that a lot. dying because you ate your whole thing in licorice. Yeah. That I don't know what I've well. eaten this whole thing of licorice, guys. Or is it licorice and it just kills me? Like, why did you do that then? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I did say I did say this. I was like, why did... You know it makes you ill. Why do you do yeah. it? It's a I problem. Love, I just love licorice. <laughs> this, is, this is like the show um, 1899. If no one spoke to each other. <laughs> it's like that. Oh, and we're just... Yeah, once again, we're just assuming <laughs> yeah. that everyone knows just about three languages. Just foreign geezers walk around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what the fuck? Okay. Fucking madness. Um, cool. So I guess we'll yeah, rate this one out of Marlers. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I do think this film has um a lot to say about um like growing old and dying. Um, but I just wasn't really vibing with it. I found it a little bit too um c- problematic. I'd say maybe. Um, it was quite creepy. I didn't really Very new age word to use. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't really vibe with it at all. Found it quite boring at points, yeah. and yeah, it was just weird. Um, I think I give it like four Marlers out of ten. I mm. would, I feel like I would probably get a lot more out of it on the second viewing, but I don't know if I could do that for a while, if at all. Yeah, it didn't slap, and it was problematic, and it's cancelled. And what's more, it was <laughs> Italian, so double cancelled. <laughs> I liked it, but I was not having too much fun (laughs) it's not a movie that wants you to have fun it's a movie that wants you to feel something and jesus christ did i feel something it is a very visceral experience it is very uncomfortable i think you have to watch it with other people yeah if you watch it alone you feel like disgusting (laughs) you feel dirty gross yeah so yeah i liked it i'll probably watch it again at some point i'll give it um Seven Marlers out of ten for now. Um, yeah, I don't really have any further comments uh, because everyone else has said it so eloquently. Uh, five Marlers out of ten. Lovely stuff. Sorry, I've just uh, we got we got a little Pepsi Max break. I've uh, oh yeah, cheers. We're, I'll we're take get, a drink. We're, we're getting drinks, and I'm just going to carry on talking. We're getting fed because Chris hasn't paused. Ah, uh, same. He yeah. has in, he's having the same. What's he having? Cock. A cock? Okay, so fine, fine. Um, to save time because it's getting quite late, I'm just gonna start talking, and me and Max can just yeah roll go with on. This until go we ahead. get here. So, I picked a movie that I I found out about last week, and I thought it looked mm. quite interesting. So, um, it's called After Yang, um, from 2021, apparently. Technically, um, yeah, it came uh, out in, in the UK in 2022. Yeah, depending on who you're looking at, I'm checking letterboxed uh, uh, infographics here. So, from 2021, directed by Co- Koganada. I think I fucked that up completely. Koganada? Koganada. Um, mm-hmm. uh, about a family whose um, android-like um, companion uh, called Yang has like malfunctioned and the father goes to try and get him fixed 
and they find out quite a lot about this uh, like android's life and kind of all about their own like interconnections and things with yang and each other and it was very beautiful what did you guys think heard about it before um but i thought after yang it's gonna be like some like minari bullshit I thought it was going to be like her, to be honest. Be, I don't know. I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that it was I was like, expecting someone like Minari, to be honest. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's not really. It's like the polar opposite of Minari. <laughs> um, I thought it was fucking amazing. Yeah. I think it's such a great movie. I heard nothing about it. I was like, oh, Colin Farrell's in this. This is insane. And yeah, that's, that's why I picked it. I <laughs> Nobody talked about this movie. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, it's, it was like, and, and it's Darcy recommended this. It's like a sci-fi movie. This is weird. Darcy's recommended this. I picked this. it because Colin Farrell was in it. Yeah. Well, okay. thank God you did. <laughs> really like, kind of slow meditative sci-fi movie. Not yeah. the kind of thing that Darcy would normally gravitate towards Mm -hmm. and i'll be honest if it wasn't for colin farrell i wouldn't have picked it at all but saying that forgetting the sci-fi stuff for a second what this is one of the prettiest films i've ever seen in my whole goddamn life yeah it looks really great so that's another reason why it kept me going but yeah sci-fi is not actually really my my genre but we watched um and yet time after time we're knocking it out of the parks with these fucking uh, sci-fi movies. This is You're true, like, oh, man. This is a great sci-fi movie. Bang, ten out of ten. This is a great sci-fi movie. Uh, out of ten. All right, we get it. Maybe I do like sci-fi Maybe movies, do. but I don't think I do. Uh, but it's apparently, the big revelation. I do. Darcy loves genre movies. Apparently, I do. But um, I guess I, I guess another part of it was like um, I recommended it, and then the other day, me, Chris, and H were watching Colin Farrell on Hot Ones, and he was actually talking about yeah. this movie, but he didn't go into great depth. He just went. My other movies will be fine, but this one needs some love. We need to go and support this movie because it's a great little movie. And I was like, what are you talking about, Colin? And now I understand why. I think no one has seen this movie and they should have. Yeah, it's a a fucking great film. It was like um, that episode of Black Mirror with Donald Gleeson in it. Yeah. The one with the cameras and stuff. Or the one where he dies and comes back. Yeah, the one where he dies and they ship... Uh, him as a robot to his widow. Well, but isn't oh my god! I love that episode. That episode is amazing. Yeah, this kind of gave me the same sort of vibes, to be honest. Except no one wants to kill uh Dom or Glee somebody. Yeah, no, everyone's just sad about Yang. I I I I quite like the um. I don't, I'm not quite sure like what the the main idea of this movie was. But for me, I just really like the idea of like um, all these like monotonous day to day things, like becoming like this really like sentimental kind of like structural value, and like you're noticing like the connections with people and like how time is like moving, and all these like boring things have become like really beautiful like statement pieces and stuff. Yeah. But I didn't get a lot out of the movie other than that. But that alone for me was just like. Oh, maybe I should take more pictures of like the flat. Like the flat on its own is just like the flat. But like one day I'll look back at it and go, "Oh man, that was a place where I lived." Yeah, yeah. Like I love that kind of shit. I'm very sentimental in that kind of way. To be honest, a lot of what I got from the movie, I think, was about kind of letting go. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and there's me like clinging on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because like the whole movie, they are kind of clinging on to Yang, like. They're kind of trying to keep 
they're trying everything they can to bring him back, even though everyone's saying, you can't bring him back, he is gone, you need to let him go. But everyone's kind of in denial, and I think as the movie goes on, it's kind of about they're kind of going back into their memories and reliving the memories of him and slowly coming to terms with you know, losing him and the grief of that. It is kind of like a movie of like it is kind of about loss and grief and slowly accepting that and finding yourself in a place where you can actually move on from it. I got a lot of like Blade Runner type uh, themes from it. Yeah, same. And what it means to be human and um, yeah, that as well. What it means to have memories and um, feel things and feel things for people. Um, yeah. And what like yeah, this conversation where he was like, um, Yang says he didn't have really like memories or he couldn't he didn't have like memories from the past whereas most people would have memories from the past because they were people and he was like i don't know if i feel that bad about it because that's not how i was programmed yeah and he was also like um colin farrell asked him if he was happy he said i'm probably not the right thing to ask that's not the right question to ask me I was like, yeah that's insane because he he knows he's a robot you know (laughs) and he knows he's like programmed um so there's all this stuff that like mm. he's getting into like he makes relationships he has um a girlfriend yeah, essentially he, and, yeah he kind of did yeah and you know he, he's in with this family and in his way he loves them mm. and he was kind of lamenting the fact that he couldn't all the way fully invest in things that people could invest in like yeah. uh, Colin Farrell's character he loves his tea mm. and he gets really into tea as a hobby mm-hmm. um and that was probably my favorite Scene when he was talking about how passionate he was about tea. Yeah, he was yeah. talking to Yang about, yeah, and I watched this documentary and we could watch this documentary together about tea. Um, and he was telling him, like, oh, what was it? It was like a great quote where he said, um, ah, oh, fuck. Was, um, Did you manage to write it down? Oh, my God. I don't know. Yeah, I wish tea was more than just facts to me. Yeah. He's yeah. spouting off a bunch of, like, yeah, you know, tea originated in China and all this because they got him essentially teach their Asian daughter about China and Chinese culture. culture and she's adopted. So, yeah. And that was like, I wish I could feel something oh, well, more like the connection than to, just yeah. what I know about the facts about these things. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But then like that, I guess that kind of, that I feel like those kind of things blur the lines between robot and human feeling because like robots well i mean i I don't know any robots personally let's be real but i feel like they wouldn't have the yearn to want to have connections or sentimental value to these facts yeah that makes sense there was also this woman who was like at the museum that they went to who was studying these bio robots and the the idea that she had devoted her entire life to understanding mm-hmm. these yeah. things made it seem like it wasn't something you could learn about just from asking the people who made them. It yeah. felt like they learned, the, the robots learned things and they developed and they evolved over time. So that's why she couldn't essentially just ask questions to the manufacturers and be like, hey, what's this and what's that? Yeah. There was always like a, a curve with it. Mm. It kind of like the whole like um, being like self aware of being a robot, but like kind of wanting like the human like interactions and like um relationships and stuff reminded me of like um some I don't know how this reminded me 
But like there was the this manga I used to read called Chobbit. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. You guys not no. heard of it? No. Um, it's literally about this guy, um, who orders like a mail order like girlfriend, and it turns out to be like, um, like a lot, like, basically like a like a yang, like this humanoid looking android, and like she, yeah, she's like learning a lot about about the world and stuff, and she wants to be human, but she's aware that she's a robot and can't be human, and. Quite a lot of the like the series is like mm-hmm. literally about her like kind of being like, cool, I could do all these human things, but I'm not human and I don't have mm-hmm. these emotions and like I could have yeah. emotions, but they're not real. They're they're, they're an artifice of like that kind of thing. I think that's, that's a trope that that's kind of tackled quite a lot, like in like yeah. um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine or that game Detroit Become Human. Mm-hmm. But mm. I don't think I've ever seen it like tackled in such a like deep and meditative way. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, this feels almost like transcendent yeah. almost. But that, again, I think also helps with the fact that you've got loads of like these, it's just so pretty. It's just so yeah. pretty. Like all these, like like I said, mundane, just shots of like leaves and trees and, oh, look, they're at the park or something. Wow, people go to the park every day, but it's put in like this new context. You feel it differently. It hits different, but nothing special is happening. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think there's like a constantly melancholic tone as well. I think it's really sweet. Like, it's, it's pretty I think it's a bit up, of both. It's, it's kind of bittersweet in a way, but I did get more feeling of melancholy. I, I, love, I loved it because it just, it just made me feel like, you know, like they, it's kind of like they're going back all through all these memories and yeah, it's sad, but like it's really sweet because they got to like relive and look at these like old memories together and it was like oh that, that's really sweet mm. and it's like really it felt kind of like uplifting to me in a weird kind of way like sure he's gone but he's not really gone is he yeah. he's like human in his own right if that makes sense i love like, how they kind of know? in a way play into how deceptive memories can be like um <laughs> there's those like scenes where they go into yang's memories and they like they look at like the their conversation about tea and stuff, and like, as it's going on, they'll say a line and it will repeat, and it's like, like said in a completely different cadence yeah. in a different way, and it's almost like some words will change. Yeah, yeah. some words will change. It's like how memory memory is. is. Yeah. yeah, you never remember true. exactly how it is. It's all like your your version of that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. It was a great scene where he goes into the memory, and it turns out. That actually, he had lived a lot of life before they had even got yeah. him. And so I like that. It was cool. That he belonged to them. He belonged to someone else. And before he belonged to that person, he belonged to someone else. Mm. She was like, "Oh yeah, I got him. He was like pre-owned. He was a pre-owned Yang." <laughs> Everyone's had a pre-owned. And he had all these memories yeah. about his previous lives, yeah. I suppose. Um, so it it makes sense, I suppose, that mm. he kind of shut down after not having them not being there for very long with this one family because he had already yeah, I guess affected the lives of all these other people. Yeah, I assume that must have mean that must have meant like because they were under the impression that he was pre-owned but like he was only used for like five days so they thought he was like brand new but in theory he was probably like a couple years old maybe. Yeah. Like he was probably I a think machine. That, he was like yeah. decades old. Or yeah, so, yeah. just no one knew about it because everyone seemed to have gotten him from this dodgy shop apparently no one knows where he's yeah, from around, right? <laughs> i kind of was... like that though I, I thought that was quite interesting that like you, you can you can 
once again, it kind of reminds me of what I was saying about um, whichever film we were talking about, where you, you can know someone, but you don't really know someone. Because some, there's like the seven degrees or whatever. Like, they had a life before you, mm. you know, but you don't know anything about that, really, because he doesn't know about it. It's quite interesting, actually. Yeah. I think, I think like, <laughs> it was a nice look into, like, the process of mourning and yeah. what it meant to, like, mourn someone who's passed on especially when they're he not real like, yeah you know? he was like a brother to um the the daughter character mm-hmm. and she didn't really get why well i guess she did understand quite a bit of like why he had gone or yeah. like he wasn't there anymore and nobody ever tried to hide that from her and every time she asked like are we getting him back you know colin farrell will be like we're getting him back because he wanted him back and yeah. they tried as much as they could but ultimately it, it couldn't happen but it does feel quite strange to mm. look at this process of mourning through the eyes of someone who's mourning a robot, you know, and not like an actual person. Yeah, I think mean, that's quite what interesting. Changes. It does feel like different. It feels like they've, they've changed it a bit. It is kind of different. how you would mourn over somebody who was like a human. Yeah, because they, like, no one's, like, I don't know, the process isn't as, like, I guess heart-wrenching as maybe it would be if it was a person, because I guess... I mean, regardless of whether they had, like, human qualities or not, a robot is a robot at the end of the day, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, it was good. Yeah, it gave me that kind of feeling like um, there's still that dissonance between, like, man and machine, you know? Mm. Because, like, yeah, no one's, like, outwardly, like, sobbing, like, throughout the whole thing, like, my God, like, this human life is gone, all this kind of stuff. It was just like... Oh man, yeah. like we bought him and he stopped working. Yeah, my my poor Yang, he stopped yeah. working. It's like, oh okay. It's not like a son dying. No, but I mean, I'm, I'm kind of glad that they um they never really like hid it from from the little girl because I always think that like because could you imagine like if you thought that was like your actual like brother mm. <laughs> and then like it's like your yeah. brother's like on the kitchen table laid out like this <laughs> like with wires hanging out of him or something. Yeah. <laughs> he's not real <laughs> I know it was, it was I do also think, think it's quite creepy the idea of having like these I mean humanoid android type things which kind mm. of brings into play kind of yeah like this whole it like strange. Blade Runner I, yeah, I can't really fathom it I don't know what but that's why I love movies like that that's why I love movies like this and um, like Blade Runner or Ex Machina and all that yeah they freak me out a little bit not gonna lie yeah. man I also really like when he was saying oh I love tea, and this is why I love tea. Mm. And he was trying to rationalise, like, oh, I wish I could have your like a passion for that kind of thing. And he yeah. tries to do it with like butterflies or whatever. Um, he can only like regurgitate facts. You can't like have like, no, true no, passions, yeah. There's no sentimental think. value to it. It's it was a all, great, yeah. yeah. It was a great scene when Colin Farrell was like, oh, I, I think I could, it stems from like this documentary I watched mm-hmm. about tea, and it kind of hooked me. And we should watch that documentary together. And he was like, I'd like that. Um, but does he really like it? Does he really like the idea of watching that documentary with him? I think if he's able to like evolve in a, in a, in a way in his own robot bio mind, mm. probably he would like that idea. And but it's also like this idea that the father of Colin Farrell was comfortable enough, or he felt like Yang was a person enough for him to share that experience with him as yeah. well, and it wouldn't be just wasted because he was a robot. Yeah, it's. it's- like like I said, this whole yeah, this whole film gives me like just like blurred line vibes of like you, there's there's like human qualities, but there's also like yeah, once again like um, you don't like butterflies for liking mm. butterflies, 
you 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 were sent out to tell Sweet Mika about her uh, Chinese yeah. heritage, and you are, but like you're you wouldn't do it for the same reasons that like per- a person would collect stamps or something. We're just talking about like, oh yes, did you know where uh, Chinese uh, Chinese people really love butterflies or whatever, and it's like. No, no, but why are you collecting butterflies, my man? He just doesn't have it. He just doesn't have reason. But yeah, butterflies. I think he wants to try to have that passion. I think, something. Yeah. I think he wants to try to enjoy something or be passionate about something in the same way that Colin Farrell's character was passionate about tea. And that's why it's blurry to me because I feel like that in itself is quite a human-like want. If that makes sense. Yeah. I was going to sneeze, but it just, it just wasn't mm. happening. I was just like shaking my head at the mic like, no, I'm going to sneeze. No, but yeah, no, yeah. Um, in short, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I mean. I just feel like that there's so much uh, crossover mm-hmm. that you almost start to gaslight yourself into thinking that Yang could have been real. Like at one point, you know, when they're going back in his life and um, th- there's uh, the really early shots where like there's that little baby. Mm-hmm. Not not the little girl, but I don't know, the son of someone else. Yeah, you know the one I want. Well, they I got him in the same way you'd get a dog for a baby. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah, the, like the baby that. Who could grow up with a dog. And I'm like, oh my god, maybe was he real? I'm confused. Like, no, he's not real. No, he was never real. But you could convince me no. that he was real in that moment. You could have told me he was real, and I've been like, yes, I have Blade Runnered myself. He was real. He was real the whole time. <laughs> it threw me for a loop, though. Like, right at the beginning when they were doing, like, the dancing, I was like, oh, yeah, they're dancing or whatever. And he's her brother. Oh, yeah, and that was weird. Yeah. there's a scene where Colin Farrell comes in and he's just got him over, over his, his shoulder. shoulder. <laughs> I was like, what you got there, Colin? And it was Yang. I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> I love Hanging that over bit. his shoulder like a doll. It I was like, weird <laughs> as hell. It freaked me out, man. The speaker just comes out and it's like, Mika's, uh, no, uh, what? Is Yang's Yang okay? <laughs> Yang's just like hanging with his dead legs. <laughs> that is a fantastic opening credit scene, by the way. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, the, the dance scene? The dance, dance, scene. dance revolution. Yeah. I, 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 I that, do you know what? That was the moment I went, this film is for me. <laughs> I was like, this is it. It's really weird because nothing else in the film feels like that. Yeah. Like, we got to compete in the four person dance, dance revolution. And then when Yang goes away, they're like, we could compete in the three-person dance dance revolution. And Mika's like, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's what I meant, you know. They could do this kind of thing as a family and they treated him like a family member. He was a family member. You can't just like go back to doing what you did with him because it makes it less special. Yeah, and that's why I think... Well, they wanted him to like include himself in like the photos that they were taking as well. Like yeah, because he was family, mm. and I tend, I, I start to think that as humans, no matter what it is, we we can derive these like families and um sentiments to anything really. Like we attach ourselves to fucking Roombas, you know. Yeah, no, that's what I meant. Like plants and shit. Like yeah. we, but we become attached to these things that we bring into our home and. Uh, yeah associate with like family and stuff like I don't know I bought this stupid fucking flask for Chris's birthday right this flask could be my new pet for all I know I it could become like attached penguin from Wallace and Gromit. to this um, it is it's the, the penguin it's the glove on its head yeah. yeah it's the penguin thing yeah it's their tenant yeah the- <laughs> 
This could be my new. This penguin flask is part of our family now. <laughs> but that, it, I think that, yeah, I think that's just another human thing to do, though, isn't it? Just to have like these. Well, not not things. I'm not saying a flask is going to become a family member, but it is quite easy to get um, emotionally attached to these things, and they become like part of your family. Like you see those people that like have dolls and stuff, and then they become like part of a family because. They treat mm-hmm. them like children and like they have emotional bonds with them and stuff like that. People do it with plants, people do it with cats, people do it with dogs. Same shit. Doesn't matter what it is. It's a wolf thing. It's a wolf thing. <laughs> it's a family thing. I think it's a human thing to do. And I think in that sense, Yang is as human as the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Say what you will. I think he was human in the end. Yeah. But there's that also that really um good scene where Colin Farrell like asks um his girlfriend like whether he wanted to be human. She's like, why would he want to be human? Yeah, what's so great yeah. about being human? I agree. And she was like a clone. That's what they alluded. They would, like he was asking yeah. after, her. and then her ne- his next door neighbor was like, yeah, she's a clone. And he's like, oh, all right. He's like, oh, well, you don't you don't like that? Like, what, what's wrong with that? Yeah. And that was like an extra piece of what the world was. I really like the world building. Yeah, yeah I don't it's quite like understand. Just little pieces of information that are like, yeah, this is sort of where they're at. I don't quite understand that, though. Like, I don't actually know what... I don't think you're supposed to. Oh, okay, because I was like, I don't know what this clone is and I don't know why I don't fuck with it. <laughs> like, I don't, I, I don't understand it, but... Um... The are strange part of it was like, that like the, the Yang they? was a robot, but he was able to make this connection with somebody else outside of this family who had bought him to be mm. a brother for her, their daughter. But then he also has a life outside and not with a human, but doing something uh-huh. very human yeah, that but we would all do. You know? But then are clones like robots then? I don't... No, they're clearly looked down on. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, not I seen just as don't... Equal. Yeah, I just don't quite understand like... I, the only reason I, I'm only bringing it up now is because they bring it up and then they never like mention it again. So I just thought, was there really much of a point to bring it up in the first place? But I, I think it adds a lot. May, yeah, maybe I just don't know what it was meant to add, and I'm just not paying attention. I think it was just like way. part of what it, what the world was. Yeah, you got that. Yeah, all right, move on. Just, Clones also. Yeah, I just didn't feel the need. Maybe, maybe that. Yeah, maybe that's what it comes down to. Didn't feel yeah. the need. Nice. <laughs> Other things I want to quickly mention, Colin Farrell, fantastic in this movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a really like subdued and quiet performance for I him, don't. but he really delivers it, just kind of shows how versatile he actually Chris, is. Speaking of Colin Farrell, this man is jacked. This man is ripped. This man is fucking... <laughs> yeah, for one scene, he takes his top off and he's ripped under there. It's like, wow. Literally, this man, he just comes out in his fucking pyjama bottoms um, I was like, damn, imagine that. Like, <laughs> Banshees of Inner Sharon would have been a completely different movie if something like that happened. <laughs> I like how his, like, his, his wife or whatever just, like, just doesn't pay no mind because she's pissed off at him or whatever. And he's like, are we okay? And she says nothing. But I'm like, look, Colin Farrell is wearing nothing mm. and you don't <laughs> care. <laughs> Why? Yeah, it's another fantastic performance from him, honestly. And it's the... Uh, it's one of those ones that probably would fly under the radar of a lot of people because yeah. it is very subdued and there's not like there's nothing he has to do that like it requires a loads lot of, of him, forceful yeah. emotion. Mm-hmm. But it's you know it's like I kind of liken it to like um, Danny Kaluuya's performance in Nope, yeah, which is yeah. also quite subdued and 
you know, it's, it's about like the, the, the mm. smaller things and the, how they carry the character. Um, mm. But he's like, it's like, damn, actually, he's probably one of my favorite actors. <laughs> like, ever. Yeah, he's, he's really he can great. Do anything. Yeah, because to be honest, it's um, it's not really about Colin Farrell, is it? Oh, I mean, uh, oh my god, what what is it? What is the fuck is even his name in this movie? Um, because I don't know. David, I think his name was. David. I don't even know his name, and that's what makes it even better. Know. Like I don't even know his name. Like, because it's not about him, is it? It's about what, um, what, what their what their characters represent. It's more about Mika and Yang than it is about anyone else in this movie, in my opinion. Mm. Colin Farrell's just kind of there to bring the forefront to kind of go. I'm telling this story for the vessel that is Colin Farrell. I oh. think it was about him, um, yeah. as much as it was about Yang and Mika, um. I think it's like I'm glad he's in it's it, also about like a parent's intrinsic need to want to try to fix things for their children and like try to make the world yeah. better in, in any way they can for their kids if that's what they want. Because you, you would, know? wouldn't you? Like yeah. if you if you could, you would, which is kind of why every if time I could, <laughs> I would. every time Mika would ask a question each parent would have like the polarizing like answer because yeah. one of them wants to be realistic and not uh to, to keep the keep the hopes grounded like the the level grounded and then Colin Farrell just out here going no yeah. it will be fine it like will the, be the fine mum on the the intercom in the car yeah which was like I will like get him a present or something when he wakes up like he'll he will wake up and yeah Colin Farrell's like wait what. <laughs> You can't tell her that. Like, we just don't know. Yeah, and it's, there was just always yeah. this like, like the, I think they kind of met in the middle as the movie went on, mm. where they were like, "We should probably just tell her the truth." I'm like, "This is how it is. Let's try to be realistic with her." Yeah, I guess it's good. At the end, she could take. She could take it. You know. Yeah, like I get. I guess it's another um, one of those like um, what you were saying earlier about like uh, going through like the grief and stuff because you know like how everyone kind of processes that differently, but you all get to the same conclusion in the end. There's always mm. some form of like acceptance and honesty yeah. closure that kind of thing but obviously one person's going to get there at this point and one person's going to have a different journey and probably get to the same point yeah. and i think it's quite interesting to hear it from like both ends of it uh, i mean mika's just a kid like she's obviously like mm. she seems to be like the most like there of all of all all of them somehow i don't know how sometimes mm. kids just read the room better <laughs> i don't know i think she always knew deep down but she was just Dealing with it in a kid way, you know, like mm -hmm. you know what kids do. Because the movie is also like a, this exploration of like grief and like the five stages of grief. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, denial, and he's trying so hard to get uh, Yang back. But at the end, I love that last shot yeah. where he's just like sitting on the sofa, just staring off into the distance, and yeah. then Mika comes and sits next to him. She's like, Stop yeah, comes sit next to me, and they just sort of stare mm. into the distance, and she like they've accepted it, and she starts singing, and that's like. That was such a great way to end the movie, I think. Yeah, I don't Definitely. think it could have ended in any other way because I felt like it would have been... They don't do anything bombastic. There's yeah, it would have like, been too much, oh, wouldn't here it? We go. Yeah, we could have brought him back. Whee! Or something. Oh my god, like, imagine if they brought him back. What a, what a disaster. Like it's, it would have been out of place if there was something like that. Completely, I think. yeah. I also think it would have... I feel like that would... Um, to put it politely, I think it might have cheapened the movie if they had done that. It yeah, would have been like... Mm -hmm. Oh, they brought him back. Great. But that's also why I think it flew under a lot of people's radars. Oh, what? Because it wasn't. Um, it wasn't very cheap. in your face. Yeah. Because it wasn't cheap. You know what I meant. That's yeah. what I meant. <laughs> it's not I cheap. Yeah, that emotionally, it's not cheap. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it knows what it's doing. 
Yeah, it has a bit more nuance yeah. than that. <laughs> See, if I had like one problem with it, I'd probably say the synth, the synthy music going along through it. I thought it was yeah. funky. <laughs> a bit much, and also it was a bit too overpowering at times, where I feel like it was louder than the dialogue, and it really yeah, shouldn't yeah, have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, really I, get that. criticism. I don't know whether that was like a mixing problem or whether that was a choice that was made, but I know yeah, what you mean, though, say, yeah. yeah. But once again, I tend to block out quite a lot of that stuff anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know how. It's a skill that I've come to come to know is that I can block out most music from when people are talking. So like you yeah, guys are no, like, yeah, the score yeah. was great. And I'm like, oh, I don't remember there being any music in this movie. Sometimes it's just like, it, it was particularly like over, egregious. Like, over <laughs> much, yeah. Yeah. This is very loud, actually. Mm. Yeah. Good to get to ratings. Oh, yes. sorry. Yeah. Let's uh, rate it out of butterflies. God, what a generic <laughs> rating system we've got going. Cool. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I really like this um, movie. I watched um, Koganada started off as um, like you did like video essays and stuff um, mm. of film. And I used to watch some of those. So I was glad to actually see one of his um, features. I've mm. heard really good things about Columbus, I think, is his other movies. So. I've heard of it, that's about it. Yeah, definitely got to check that out, because I thought this was a really interesting uh, movie. Yeah, I'd give it eight butterflies out of ten. Nice. Yeah. And also, I felt like, as much as the music was very loud, it had no like tonal variation whatsoever. Yeah. It was very linear and very straight and across, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just didn't really gel with it. But the movie overall, I thought, was bloody wonderful. Um and definitely a hidden gem. I just wouldn't have bothered watching it at all. I didn't know Colin Farrell was in it, so I'm very glad that I got to watch it eventually. Mm. Um, so good. It's what I want from sci-fi. Um, love it. I give it... Uh, what was that out of? Butterflies. Butterflies. Give it nine butterflies out of ten. Yeah. Apparently, I like sci-fi. Apparently, this is, oh, this is the determination. Guessed? I don't think I do still, but I, I've been proven wrong every single time we watch yeah, one. Every time we watch a <laughs> sci-fi movie on here, Darcy loves it. Yeah. But I, but I maintains still, the fact that still like, adamant the idea that I hate, you it. hate sci-fi <laughs> for some reason. I maybe I haven't seen enough for me to to like cement my idea of I actually do like it. Maybe I need to see a couple more, but unfortunately for today, <laughs> I'm proving myself wrong again. Um, because I love pretty movies with pretty sentimental value. So, uh, eight butterflies out of ten. That's that, baby. Chris nice. is sitting there because he's cool. waiting to tell us some news, aren't you, Chris? Chris has some news <laughs> on the next episode. Yeah, so we got Kai coming back. Woo! Next episode. Kai is back. Special guest. Kai, baby. Yeah, he was on um, last episode, um, and mm-hmm. we thought we'd get him back to do a marathon. We've wanted to do it since um, the lost Goncharov episode. <laughs> yeah. Gate. Yeah. Gate. Uh, well, Goncharov gate. <laughs> yeah. That's what we would call it. When Martin Scorsese came in and stole <laughs> Chris's laptop, <laughs> and that episode was lost to time forever. Yeah. And that's we watched true. three movies, talked about all of them. And, and no then, one will ever know. No what one thought. will know apart yeah. from us. Oh well, at least they were great movies. It's like a secret. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Maybe it'll be the long lost episode. Who's to say one what day, those yeah. movies were? Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. So he um so he's picked specific films for each of us, but he's not told me what they are. He just wants kind no, of for who they are. They are. Yeah, for who they are. Yeah. Sorry, he just wants us to kind of 
interpret. Yes. Cool. Okay. Will he tell us after? Really cool. I hope he does. I think, yeah, he will. But I think okay. he's interested in seeing whether we can actually gauge that. No, yeah, I, that's think awesome. what, I think what he actually wants is for us to have an honest opinion rather than go, I picked this movie for you and then us go, I like them yeah, all. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I couldn't pick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go on, Chris. Sorry. Um, so he picked Rocco and his brothers, directed by Lucino Visconti, director oh. of um, Death in Venice. Venice. Yeah. Um, mean Streets, directed by Martin oh. Scorsese. Yes. And Moonstruck, directed by Norman Jewison. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> I've never heard of any of these movies. So. I've seen Mean Streets. It's great. Okay. I haven't seen the other two, but I've I'm gonna to see them for a while. So. I've heard I'm some excited. things about Moonstruck. I've never yeah. heard of Rocco and his brothers. No, neither have I. Moonstruck stars Cher and Nick Cage, okay, yeah. so we're in for that a treat. No. Awesome. So stay tuned on episode 113 for discussions on Rocco and his brothers, Mean Streets, and Moonstruck um, with a special guest, Guy. Um, follow our social media. Do that. YouTube, the Sunday Movie Marathon. Instagram is at Sunday Movie Pod. Twitter at Sunday Movie Pod, although we don't really use it. Facebook at Sunday <laughs> Movie Marathon. And Letterboxd at Sunday MM, capital S, capital MM. Remember to like, subscribe, rate Woo! the podcast five stars, and do whatever you want to do. Woo! Listen to these episodes over and over and over again. What? No. <laughs> do it. I command you. Any last words? Any final? I actually forgot we had a Twitter, to be honest. We have a Twitter at Sunday Movie Pod. Go and follow that and make it the one that's the most followed and we'll never use it. Goodbye. See you later. <laughs> Brendan Gleeson forever. Woo!